What's up, you guys? Jeremy McGrath here. You are listening to Moto X Pod Show. This is Michael Moseman, and you're watching the Moto X Pod Show. Welcome to the Moto X Pod Show, starring Darkseid, his co-host Scotty, sometimes TJ. What's up everybody? We are back. Another episode of the Moto X Pod Show tonight. Hopefully live on YouTube for maybe for a little bit. My internet. We're gonna get into that in just a second. But this is episode two forty six, brought to you by our title sponsor, Cherubies USA. For decades, the Cherubies USA has been the leader in moto plastic and accessories with products that fit perfect, look great, and last. The Cherubies has what you need, whether it's full plastic kits, individual pieces, hand guards, chain guides, and sliders, or anything else they offer, including these little mini bike stand phone mounts. If you might be on camera right now. Berm Lords stickered it up. Pretty cool. I like these things. Got some, they got some neat little stuff that you might not even know they have. So visit CherriesUSA.com, our title sponsor. Let them know you're listening. Also, Racetech is the world's largest aftermarket suspension modification company. All Racetech products include award-winning goal valves and settings are 100% guaranteed and made right here in the USA. Racetech also offers state-of-the-art precision engine services and parts to all engine builders. So visit Racetech.com for more info and use promo code MOTOXPOD to save. You guys can't see it on camera, but over here on the floor to my right is my Husky 350 suspension. Thanks to PDR Performance. Just came in today. Racetech. Gold, it uh, looks official. It, yeah, it's sweet. It's uh, They did a air conversion kit, or spring conversion kit. On oh, okay. Line, so I can't wait to test it out this weekend. Fly Racing's on board. They've been developing and innovating their gear line since 1998. Fly Racing is the only choice if you want the best. Just ask current riders like Zach Osborne, RJ Hampshire, Damon Bradshaw, Justin Brayton, Carson Mumford, and now our boy Dean Wilson. Check out your local dealerships and ask for Fly Racing uh, or the, and their endless list of products offered by WPS. Also on board, X-Brand Goggles. Those suckers, hey, Scotty, Friday night in the dark, my X-Brand Goggles had me clear vision. Second place start. Didn't get the whole shot. Second place of Moto 2. Moto 1, I was about 10th eh, out of 13 out of the gate. Coming out of the first turn, yeah. fourth. Whew, smoking. We can talk about some racing <laughs> here in a minute. I'm back. You're back. I'm back, baby. <laughs> it was, it was, uh, you had clear vision watching the other guys pass you? A couple guys yeah. passed me. I passed a lot of guys too, Dick. <laughs> Works Connection. Since the inception of Works Connection in 1989, Eric Phipps's goal has been to produce works-like products for the general public. With products like the industry standard Pro Launch Start Device, there's one sitting at the end of the table right there next to my helmet that Eric sent me for the Husky. We're getting ready for Vet Worlds, boy. Steve Mathis, I'm coming for you. The Elite Clutch Perch, radiator braces, customized master cylinder covers, and much more. It's hard to imagine you not going to worksconnection.com so you too can have what the pros use. Use that code MOTOXPOD20 to save at worksconnection.com. Torque One Racing's on board. Our Jerky for your snacks. MOTOXPOD21 to save at Our Jerky. Get you some jerky. Football season's here. 
there's still some races coming up. World Supercross is coming up. You guys got to have some jerky. Berm Lords graphics and jersey ID. You want your jerseys to look as sweet as mine. The bikes look as good as mine. Berm Lords will hook you up. Graphics at bermlords.com. Shock Socks, Williams Moto Works, Extreme Colors, Blood Lubricants, promo code MOTOX at bloodlubricants.com. Power Band Racing, True Fusion Sports, and Grill Your Ass Off. All on board with the show tonight. We're going to get into the X-Brand Lucid Whole Shot Conversation. Lots to talk about. I get, Maybe not lots to talk about. There's a few things to talk about. Yeah. Good to see you back. After, yeah. I mean, like, I don't know. How long have you been gone? A month? Uh, well, Feels like? I've been two shows. I wouldn't say it a month. I'd say two yeah, shows. I feel like a month. I'm calling two it shows. I'll call it two but shows. You let us down. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Trust me. I was uh, still doing the work for you guys. And like, and were you, I was editing the YouTube video uh, and, and just had to sit there and listen while y'all just talk tore to, me apart. Yeah. 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 Heaven forbid I go and do something like get engaged or. Yeah. You know. Congrats on that. But Thanks man. I mean, you should have still have been here. Keep talking. Cause <laughs> yeah, our I should have done it on the show. I should have been proposed on the show. Should have done something else. I'm sorry, I'm adjusting with the audio because you're a little loud. Ask the YouTube guys if you're loud because it looks really loud. Um, yeah, congrats on that. Thank I mean, you. I did kind of tell you that I think the show before, the last show, I think I told you I wasn't sure if we were going to do it. So you decided we weren't going to do it and just weren't here. <laughs> uh, there was a couple of giveaways on the last show. I picked a winner. I, we got actually a bunch of emails in for the Hellfire album. So I finally, the first time I announced it, we got like one. And I said something about it. we got a whole bunch more. And I picked Logan Nance. He was the, I drew for him. Drew his name out of the pot. So, Logan Nance, I will email you, but I need your address to ship it to. And then for the Grill Your Ass Off, I just picked a couple. Jordan Nesbeth. Man, I hope I say this name right. Jezaniah Perez and Hunter Sykes. You all are going to get some Grill Your Ass Off sample packs. Hit us up on our email. Give me your, your shipping address so I get that stuff out. Tonight on the show, we've got Cameron Camera. He is Hunter Lawrence's mechanic. Visited with him at Motocross the Nations a couple of weeks ago, and we're working on some things with him and his uh, factory Husky 250 mechanic buddy. Uh, what are you doing over there, man? You're distracting me. Are we good? I mean, I, I'm chatting with you. Okay, people. just make sure we're good because yeah. we had some technical issues. No, I was, so I was I figuring sure it out. I got anyway, it. Anyway, Christian Ducharme is his buddy, but Cameron Cameron's going to come on the show. We're going to talk to him a little bit. We've never really had him on the show. Then we're going to have Christina Denny. She was team manager for. Motocross the Nations Team USA. She's the been around a long time. Motocross the Nations yeah, Team USA. Yeah, the winning team. She w- was a former team manager at the Cycle Trader Rock River team. She's great. She's going to come on. Julian Perrier, who owns Team P- uh, PRMX. Mm-hmm. Julian's going to come on, talk about what he's got going on. I know Cade Clayson's on the team. Other than that, I don't know anything. So, yeah, like we were saying, the Racer X still says Justin Hill's on the team, which I don't think's the case. So. Well, I mean, it's still 2022. He was on the team in 2022. Uh, yeah, fair enough. So that's fair. They haven't changed it. They haven't updated it yet. And then Michael Lindsay, my boss, is going to come on, and we're going to talk about the press conference today, the Super Motocross press conference, and we're going to talk a little bit about some drama with Colt Nichols that went on this week, see what the latest is on that. So Michael's going to jump on. He was at the LA Coliseum, Memorial Coliseum today for the press conference. So did you listen to anything? Yeah, have any idea what's no, going I was, on? I, no, I don't. Why would you, Scotty? Why the hell would you? Because I spent my spare time today looking for the looking for this. Looking, looking for this? What yeah. were you looking for? Oh my god! <laughs> You're back, man. What were <laughs> yeah. You for? Well, oh my god! What did I? What would I ever leave this why, for? Yeah, why would I miss a show? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, so a few of the highlights from the Super Motocross press conference. 
Uh, it's first time in history there will be a playoff format in our sport. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Have a little bit of playoffs. We've talked about that for years. We've talked about like a chase, that kind of thing. We're going to get one. We're going to see how it works. The top 20 riders in the combined Supercross and Motocross points will automatically be seeded into the playoffs. Any rider that wins a Supercross main or, or overall and outdoors automatically is seeded. Okay. Uh, you can, if you also guys that are in the top, I think it was top 20. Again, we're gonna have to get Michael on here in points. They ought, they, they get into the, the playoffs, right. right? So, but there might be a rider. Let's just say, let's say somehow Alex Ray wins a main event in Supercross. Let's okay. say he wins a, right, but he's not going to be in the top 20 in points. Right. He still has a chance to get in because of that win. There's like a, there's an LCQ. I, think I, I, th- I may have some of this off. There's an LCQ at the end yeah. of the series that can get you into the playoffs. Michael, I have a lot more details. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be something different. Dave Prater came on and said that um, there's an additional 5.5 or there's 5.5 million on the line. Oh, wow. In Supercross. And a 450 rider that wins the championship is going to win a million bucks, basically. 250 is a half million. Like I said, there's some changes going on. Uh, they, the purse has increased by 1.1 million overall. Okay, I think is what it is. But hang on, we're getting Michael on. Michael's gonna, that's in addition to what they would already make for winning the Supercross Championship. I think they just added a 1.1 million to the total purse. So oh, okay, that'd be spread out. Gotcha. So let's get him on. He he was there. I was watching and trying to transcribe some of the stuff and trying to keep up. Mm-hmm. Didn't go so well. Like I'm typing. I'm having the backup. So I'm, I may have missed some things. You know. Okay. What do you think about super motocross though? What do you think about these guys racing into October? The idea is great. The name's horrible. <laughs> I, I don't dig the name. We've already talked about that. To me, it sounds like if like the movie Winners Take All, like if there was a Winners Take All too, like we made it to Super Motocross or <laughs> or coming soon on PlayStation, Super Motocross. Yeah. You know, just yeah, it's it's not a great name. But I mean, what else are you gonna call it? That's exactly know? what Sean Brennan said to me at Motocross yeah. Nations. I gotta take these or my old man glasses off. Can't see when I'm reading, but I can't yeah. see you when they're on. Don't get it. Don't be puking in a bucket over there. Yeah, right. I'm going to get a little bit. Uh, what's the word? When, motion sickness. Yeah, motion sickness. That's, yeah. That'll work. My equilibrium was off. I don't know. I think it's maybe it'd be good for the sport. There's a bunch of guys there. Uh, Jason Anderson and Christian Craig, uh, Malcolm Stewart were all at the press conference. You know, and they're all like, "Yeah, I think it's going to be good." I don't know that I believe them. How? How do the question is? How do you make it? Bigger, it obviously doesn't have to be as big of a deal as the Supercross entity itself or the Motocross itself. But how do you make it bigger than something like the Straight Rhythm or something like that? Like, how do you? Well, make, I think it's gonna be bigger than that. I know, but how do you like it's make the riders like feel like it's important enough? Because <laughs> there's a lot more money on the line. Well, yeah, but you said it was spread out over the whole thing. So, I well, mean, there's a in the World Championship. Okay, so okay, let me let me scan this. This is great radio here. For the overall playoff one, there's two playoffs leading into the championship round. For the overall playoff one and two and world championship, okay, so for the finals, there's an additional $5.5 million on the line. Okay. So, yeah, that's that's why. There's, there, there gotcha. We go. That makes way That more answers sense. my yeah, question, yeah. yeah. Uh, it, it, there's definitely more money. Triple crowns are back in Supercross, two east-west showdowns. Yeah, I'm trying to remember which one we're supposed to say. I can't say shootouts anymore. You know, you can, you can look at it as a side of, oh, well, it takes away from them – getting ready for next year. They just, these guys don't have a break now or, you know, all those arguments. But at the same time, like, 
they're going to be learning more while they do those, and it kind of lets them maybe test the new bikes in a way in a race setting. That's another or, thing. They're going to have new bikes, like in the middle of the season almost. Like, oh, well, the new bikes a, come out, and now we're going to still be in the same series. Yeah, but it gives an opportunity to, to test them out. Or, you know. I don't know. It's going to be – there's going to be some things that are interesting. Contracts run out Yeah, right around this time. So, Adapt or I die, the, man. I think the season actually next year will end before October. Still, I think it ends in September. Okay. So that way the, the contract thing won't be an issue. But it's still just – it just changes what we're used to. And I do feel bad. Like uh, Jason Anderson's like – he said before he got done talking, I think the last thing he said was um, – yeah, you know, what else do we have to do on our weekends off other than race? Like, it was sort of <laughs> sarcastic, but yeah. he was trying to be team player. But, yeah. like, the guys have to have a freaking some time to go on vacation. If you know, if you pay anything, any attention to social media, I don't know how many racers just got married in, like, the last week. Yeah. They're, they're all, they're all not, or their wives are knocked up. Like, everything is happening now. This is the only time they got two or three weeks. Well, that's a, that's a I decision mean, they have to make. Chase Sexton left Motocross Nations and went back to California to test. Yeah. He, he doesn't get a time off. It's, it sucks to me. I, feel well, like, I mean, for me, okay, the, the fan side, the media side is great, right? More racing, every, if we have races every weekend, that's awesome. Yeah. But it's not good for those guys, in my opinion. Well, your, your guys like Tomac and Anderson and Roxon and all those guys, who I know Roxon's a big question mark right now, but all those guys, they're a lot of them are being Supercross only this next year anyways. There's so, a few, not, not a lot. Three there's four? a couple of them. So yeah. that that gives them the break. You know, a guy like Anderson, you know, he's made a statement that as long as he's having fun, he, he'll – do whatever he'll, he'll race as long as he wants as long as he's having fun so as long as it's a fun thing for him then you know those it's not going to really bother him as much and then you have your guys like chase and then hunters coming up all those guys are still hungry and looking for any and every opportunity to prove themselves and i think this gives them another way to do that i think chase is kind of would be the long the odds long i don't know how you say that phrase the odds fav- odds, odds, on, odds favorite. on favorite to be the guy that's probably most consistent out of both championships combined since he's the main guy doing both of them. Yeah. Um, so I think for guys like that, it gives more proving ground. I, I don't think they would be mad at the opportunity. And and if you want to take a break off, don't do it. You know, I mean. It, I don't know that you can't do it. If you're contracted, you, you have to. A lot of these well, guys are going to be contracted. To do yeah. It. Like a lot of these guys don't have the option to say, I'm going to go super cross only. Right. You know. No, that's fair. So, I, I, don't know, I think there's a million ways to look at it. We'll talk more about it with Michael Lindsay. We're a few minutes away from getting Cameron Cameron camera on. I thought he was joking when he told me his last name was Cameron. I was like Cameron Camera. He's like, yeah, that's. I knew there was a guy that was my store manager at Lowe's like ten years ago, and his name was Tyler Tyler, and we were in the Tyler location. <laughs> his parents named his first name the same as his last name. Tyler Tyler. Then he moved. He wasn't from here, but he moved to Tyler. I don't know if I buy that. No, that's. I, think you're lying. I, I swear to God. That was a like real a Nickelodeon thing. kid. No, I swear, it was a real thing. What's up, Tyler, he was Tyler? a girl, he was a he was a forty something year old man. He was the name was Tyler Tyler. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I right. wish I could uh, make that up. There was a couple news drops. Uh, Dean Wilson officially part of Firepower Honda and Fly Racing, so he's one of our own now. Right on. Uh, Colt Nichols again. We'll talk about that with Michael Lindsay. He had an opportunity to sign with Honda. He was going to Honda, but then there's some World Supercross issues. There's a conflict with the mm-hmm. team. We'll, we'll let Michael give us those details because he he's been following that story and talking to Colt and some of the other people involved. Christian Craig officially Rockstar Husky. That's that's out. Uh, he's excited. He's going to be in Fox, which I think he's been wanting to do for a long time. So that's cool for him. Uh, I think 
he sounds like he's really happy. I don't know. I haven't talked to him one-on-one. I just texted with him a little bit. But I, I think he's in a good place. He's really excited to go full-time, 450. Hopefully, uh, hopefully he's – I'd like to see him challenge for podiums. I'm, I'm kind of – I'm oh, not yeah. sure he will often I'd, I'd, yet. I would definitely say his ceiling's winning. Really? For Colt? Yeah, he can – I think no, he could. Christian. Oh, I thought you said Colt. I think we're talking about Colt. No, he Colt, changed. Plus Colt. No, yeah, I said Christian went to Rockstar Husky and, okay. and the Fox deal. My bad. I was. Oh, boy, boy. <laughs> me and my uh, me and my girlfriend had the same uh, argument <laughs> about you listening. Well, me and my fiance, yeah, because I get I get something else is going on, oh, and then like yeah. I can't. Yeah, I'm like, oh wait, I'm supposed to be listening to this. But yeah, my yeah. bad. Yeah. And then Matt LeBlanc, Matthew LeBlanc, not a star anymore. Was out at Swan. Took a real job, been working a real job for a few days. Yeah. Probably not going to race outdoor any or professionally yeah. next year. That's crazy. He was one year pro. He, he was he was such a hot prospect too. Yeah, like, we talked about that. I did a I did a little interview with him and it put it up on Vital and a lot of people checked it out. But yeah, he just seemed like he's got it. He needed to step away. It, it seemed like there was some mental health not not mental. I don't know if mental health is the right word, but he seemed a little depressed. Like he's got to figure life out. Things just didn't go how he expected. What did he, went, he, did he get a couple grand away. this weekend at Swan? No, he didn't ride well at all. I think he was like 10th or 11th. Oh, he, wow. Yeah, he was on a stock Honda and just kind of trying to have fun. And he, yeah, he was throwing big whips, but not really competitive at all. Crazy. Yeah, that, yeah it's crazy how one year, because I remember one and I, done, saw, I saw him, uh, that pro challenge. I think, I don't know if it was last year or the year, but I think it was the year before that. It was when he had first. It was like his first, one of his first big bike races. He was on that Star Yamaha. He had just gotten it, and and he came and smoked everybody in the two fifty class. Yeah. And then now he, yeah, that's that's crazy. It's just a weird, yeah. He, I mean, it you know, the, really shows how the mental side can get to you, can get yeah. to you, right? Like yeah. he, he didn't seem like he was super happy. <clears throat> He's trying to find happiness, and he felt like he needs to step away from it. You know, I think yeah. I know he mm-hmm. got an offer to go to World Supercross literally this last week, like Friday or Saturday, and. He's, I guess he doesn't want it. Yeah, or maybe it wasn't a good deal. I don't know, but yeah, he didn't. When you take, look back, there's, there's, when you look back, there's a he's not the first. It's a right. long list of guys that you're just like you hear the name. Like I, I was watching a somebody did a throwback video and it had uh, PJ Larson in it, oh, and yeah. I was like, dude, that guy was so huge, and then like you never heard anything from him. Like it's it's there's a long list of those yeah. guys like that. Unfortunately, unfortunately, let's take a commercial break. We'll be back with Cameron Camera. What's up, guys? This is the Seven Juice Trade out of Entercom. I'm here to tell you about Aturbis USA. For decades, Aturbis has been the leader in motorcycle plastic and accessories like full plastic kits, frame guards, chain sliders, hand guards. In 2020, they are the proud sponsors of Red Bull Factory KTM. Factory Kawasaki, TLD KTM, and Rocky Mountain KTM, as well as many top privateers such as myself. All you got to do is go to AturbeastUSA.com or call 1-800-659-1440 and y'all better tell them Motorhead Pajo sent you. Hey, Dad. Great race. Not sure how you could even see. Thanks, bud. Track conditions were pretty brutal, but thanks to my X-Brand goggles, I had hashtag clear vision all the way. X-Brand goggles has grown into the goggle choice of many of the top privateers, such as Ben LeMay, John Short, Alex Ray, Kyle Chisholm, as well as 2017 Works and Hare and Hound champion Gary Sutherland. Hey guys, this is Gary Sutherland, 2017 Works and Hare and Hound champion, and I trust X-Brand. My name is Ben LeMay, and I choose X-Brand goggles. 
Hi, I'm Andy Kiefer, and when I want to be best dressed, I wear X-Men goggles. Hey guys, this is Kyle Chisholm, and for almost a decade in my professional racing career, I've chosen X-Brand as my goggles. Now, X-Brand Goggles is joining the Moto X Pod Show for 2020 with their EKS, S, and Flat Out Series goggles. Go to EKSBrand.com or email DarksideMX3 at AOL.com for pricing. What's up, guys? This is Alex motherfucking Ray. And if you don't use X-Brand, then you. If you're looking for top quality hard parts, you need to visit Torque One Racing. Torque One Racing has a passion for the racing industry and are a proud supporter of the Moto X Pod Show. Find the flow with Torque One Racing handlebars, levers, shifters, brake pedals, and grips. Torque One Racing is the title sponsor of the Moto X Pod Show, so support those who support us. Visit TorqueOneRacing.com and order your Defy lock-on grips today. All right, our first guest of the night is going to be brought to you by Works Connection. Since the inception of Works Connection in 1989, Eric Phipps's goal has been to produce works-like products for the general public. With the industry standard Pro Launch Start device, the Elite Clutch Perch and Radiator Braces, customized master cylinder covers, and much more, it's hard to imagine you not going to worksconnection.com so you too can have what the pros use. Use promo code MOTOXPOD20 to save at worksconnection.com. Tonight, Works Connection brings us Cameron, camera, what's up, dude? What's happening? Not a lot, man. Hey, do you have earbuds in or blue something Bluetooth going? No, we're just straight to the speakerphone on uh, on my iPhone here. Okay, it's the speakerphone. It's looping back. Is through. that working? Yeah, it's just looping back through when you have it on speaker. Hold on, let me. Yep. Uh, is that better? That is better. All right, now we're we're regular. We're just holding the phone. All right, Cameron. So you are the mechanic for Hunter Lawrence over at Factory Honda. But before we get into some of that stuff, I want to get a little bit of your background, man. How'd you get in the industry? What how, Did you go to, are you an MMI guy or how'd you get into it? Um, I got in a little different. I, uh, I raced pretty much my, not my whole life, I guess from 10 years old to 22, about that. And um, worked for MX Clinic with uh, Jeff Pastana and I actually lived with him. He was my coach. And to stay at his house, I just worked on his bikes. Okay. So um, once I I was racing quite a bit, tried to get my pro pro license and all that good stuff. And with injuries and money, it was kind of falling out of reach. So I was like, what can I do to stay in the industry? And I just kept on working and uh, working for Jeff. And he started bringing over Japanese riders, like Honda HRC riders, like uh, – Tamita, um, who else did he bring over here? Ogawa and a few other guys, Ko- uh, Kohei Ogawa or Ko- Koga. I don't know, a few oh, Japanese yeah, yeah. guys. Yeah. And I would wrench on all their stuff. And we came to SoCal and started a, like a three-month program out here. And Sam um, from Honda, Sam Mashima, he asked Jeff if he knew any mechanics and that's when I got in contact with Joe Shimoda. Okay. And then that's where all the wheels started turning. I worked for Joe for seven years. He got hired by, um, Geico as an amateur. Yep. And I rolled along with him and became a practice mechanic at Geico and then became an amateur race guy and just kind of moved up, moved up the ranks from there. And yeah, I never went to school, just kind of hard work, dedication and, just learned on the blood, fly. Sweat and tears. Learned on the fly. That's that's pretty exactly. impressive. Like, how much mechanical background did you have before you started working with with what's what was his name? I keep wanting to say Pastrana, but 
Uh, with Jeff Pastana? Yeah, yeah. How much did, background uh, did you have working just, on? Just working on my own stuff. I would just okay. uh, um, kind of tear my bikes down myself. I had a motor guy, so he'd take care of that stuff. But it was once I started working with Joe, that's when I really got into like motor building and and learning that that side of the uh, mechanical part. Yeah, and then to end up at Factory Honda, which I feel like is one of maybe the pinnacle of yeah. teams to be on for a mechanic. You know, talk to Rooster about that, and that that's sort of the I dream, s- I would think. I still get like the chills when I'm <laughs> sitting under the tent because yeah. it's like I used to. I grew up watching like Carmichael and Wyndham and. Even being at Geico, it was like Wyndham was my guy. Yeah. Like when he was on his uh, on his 450, and then Carmichael was just unbelievable. I remember going to the Supercross races and being on the other side of the fence and looking in and like, <laughs> how how do I get in here? How do I become a racer? Was my thinking at that time. Yeah. I never thought in a million years I'd be on the other side of the fence wrenching on some of the best guys in the world. Yeah. So. I, That's I've, pretty cool. I've said for years, like Honda, the Honda tent is the one I'm most intimidated walking into. Right. That was yeah. a few years ago when Mandy was there. She's just, she, Mandy scared me. I, I thought Mandy really, would, yeah, she was I really, I mean, Mandy. she was nice, but she was like no BS, you know? So, and then I've, yeah. there's been a couple of times I've stepped under the tent. They're like, who are you? <laughs> like, I, sometimes we need that under the tent, but um, yeah. Yeah, it once you if you know somebody, it gets a little more relaxed. But yeah, I could I could understand that. It's a little intimidating coming through the Honda Honda rig. It's a much more professional and uh, kind of corporate style, right? You know what I mean? Where yeah. uh, I think Geico is a little looser. Sure, but uh, I I don't mind it. I think it's good that we kind of keep that uh, presentation. Yeah, I think over the last maybe year, it's it's relax a little bit for me personally where i think most yeah. of the people recognize me now after five years so yeah, right. i don't get my head bit off but yeah it was always that was always my favorite place to be because i wrote i rode red back in the day right that's same i yeah. my first bike was a 77 uh Oof. trail 50 jesus 77 yeah I, yeah I still have it oh that's cool hell yeah yeah i got it i think i was four years old when i got that thing and just kept it and kept it, it still runs of course it does because it's a honda yeah, exactly. <laughs> Go ahead, Scotty. Yeah, so um, I've got your picture up here. I've got you got the, you can see the American flag and the reflection of your Red sunglasses, yeah. and you got the bow ties. So, being a, a patriotic guy that you are, I was wondering what were some of the things that you felt through this weekend, being an American, but technically being a part of Team Australia. Not not this weekend, but at the Nations. What, yeah, what Red was Bud. it? Yeah. yeah, what was it kind of like about about doing that? Well, I got asked. Well, I'd have Australians come up to me and be like, I'd say one word and they're like, you're not Australian. I'm like, no, 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 I'm American. Oh, okay. That makes more sense. But it was, I mean, yeah, we we obviously root for America, but we're mainly there to support our boys. And that's Jet Lawrence and Hunter Lawrence. And we got to do what we got to do. I mean, it wasn't, uh, I mean, it wasn't any, any different than going to a national with AMA. You know what I mean? We're, we're there to support our guys and, and win some motos. I yeah. Got you. I talked to uh, Christian, your your teammate, yeah. teammate's mechanic. Um, and, I, you know, you were – I was trying to get you to do that interview too, but you were tied up. And that was yeah. one of the questions I asked. And I, I asked a couple guys like um, Alex, which is Dylan Ferrandez's mechanic, kind of talked to yep. him about that. And it, it's an unusual 
feeling, I would think, because you want your See, guys to do well, but you also want Team USA to win. So it's like a really weird position to be in. And I feel like for like Alex's position and like Matty G with Shimoda, when yeah. when you're introduced into like a language barrier, that's when things can get also like a little more different. Like, <laughs> sure, you don't feel as as at home. You know what I mean? Where we're the Australian team, it's still we're speaking English, so we're still like on the same page and whatever. But but yeah, it is different. Like even when USA won, like yeah, it was awesome, but. Deep down, I still want like our guys to win. You know what I mean? Yeah, of course. I, yeah, I mean, how can you not? And I'm sure that it's, like, it's like a double-edged sword. Like hell yeah, USA and Team Honda because we're obviously same team, but we're going for different countries. Yeah, yeah, and, and I'm sure yeah. that Jet and Hunter understand, but they probably I, yeah. I, knowing those guys, I bet they gave you a bunch of shit. Oh yeah, and it, <laughs> but we stayed tried and true to the Australian colors. We were. Bright yellow and green. Right, right. Oh, they all, were all weekend. Yes, they were. And yeah. they, they, they fought. They put on a, they put on a good ride. It was cool to see them do that for sure. Yeah. Um, no, for Jet was phenomenal. Hunter had a great first moto. He just a couple tip overs in that mud, that second mud moto, and that kind of ruined us. Yeah. So, so kind of for the longest time, there was kind of there was kind of always a question mark about Hunter and like. Could he really win? Could he really be one of these guys that fights for the title and all that kind of stuff? And and I think if you asked Hunter how this season went, he would probably say a lot of things could have gone better. But I think when mm-hmm. you really look at it, it was kind of a very important year for him, and he proved that he was that guy and that he could win. And and I just kind of wondered, do you, do you look at this year as maybe not exactly the one that he wanted, but kind of the year that he needed? Yeah, I mean, the last two years, honestly, he's just been – growing and getting stronger we we uh we battled last year and it was when he was i think number 41 Mm -hmm. um snagged red plate for a little bit and it just wasn't quite our year yet and then coming into this year we were i mean the kid was hurt for three years in a row and for him to finish a season healthy it's a check mark off off the list and then coming into this year i felt like there's not it was more a little more expected to win like people are always um, like, oh my God, you surprised me so much, Hunter. But our mentality and his feeling is like, no, I'm I'm expected to go out and win. I'm expected to beat my brother and beat all the other competitors out there. Like I'm not settling for, oh, I'm so surprised. It's like, no, I, I'm here to do this job and do it right. So like this year was obviously very, it was good, but it was still hunters learning yeah like even supercross so it was excellent outdoor obviously we had some mistakes we were second joe shimoda crept on us and put us back to third on the last uh i think second to last round Mm -hmm. so that was a little that was a little painful (laughs) but um like i said the kid's learning he's healthy so healthy hunter is he's gonna be strong this this january I'm a big fan. Like I, I joke all the time that he's my favorite of the Hunter, uh, the Lawrence brothers. So right, he yeah. gets a little, he gets a little bit in Jet's shadow, but I think it's only going to make him better and strive for it more. Yeah, and I've asked him about that a bunch of times, and I know he kind of has a stock answer, which he probably means his answer. But part of me is like, look, I man, there's going to be a time, even if it's just mm-hmm. one day, one single day where, you know, you guys, you're, you're mad at each other, you know, on the track and right. you're going to come unglued at some point. You just, it's inevitable. And I kind of yeah. am interested to see how they handle that. 
Yeah. I mean, it's good. They train together. They, they ride together. But at the, at the end of the day, they both go, Jack goes home and Hunter goes home. So I think that's their time where they regroup. Yeah. Kind of re- recalculate everything and then next they go back together. But I'm sure it gets a little heated in, at times. They both run their mouths and poke <laughs> at each other yeah. all day. They do it to all of us. Sure. And it's it, it, it's like a big family. But yeah, we. I mean, everyone has their breaking point where they don't want to hear it anymore. Of course, yeah. But be- uh, it, it just makes you stronger though. And if, if he can handle that, then I think Hunter will be able to handle anything. Yeah, I agree. Going back in, through your career a little bit, you talked – Obviously, working with Joe Shimoda and now Hunter. Yep. What is it? About, what's different about the two guys? Were there was there anything in your program that you had to change or learn to you know be different as a mechanic to meet their needs? Uh, with Joe, I got pretty comfortable, so things flowed pretty pretty easy. Um, and then moving over to Honda with Hunter, it was a little bit unexpected. Like I didn't have a job when Geico shut down. I was soul searching, looking for anything. And I finally got the call and they were like, Hey, do you, are you interested? And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> of course. I'll be there tomorrow. And that's how that kicked off. But, um, yeah, the uh, Hunter was, is, was a little bit difficult just because, uh, he's very precise and he knows what he wants. Okay. And, and he likes things like if, if the throttle is a, uh, a little out of adjustment, he's like, Oh, we need to fix that or levers, this and that. And which I respect, I'm, I'm into it, but I think I was a little more comfortable with Joe and, and things kind of slid under the radar a little easier where with Hunter, I, I'm, I have to be a hundred percent on all the time. That's probably good and for you though. I, like at the end of the day, you probably feel more, uh, more, I don't know about pride, but you just, it, I would assume it makes you feel like you did when your job I make better. Hunters, when Hunter's stoked, yeah. I'm, I'm pumped. Yeah, Because yeah. I, I know I did a good job. That's Is that kind of what you're saying? Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, at the end of the day, you, when there's success, you probably feel prouder about yes. the, the job you did because it's more yeah. difficult. Yeah, because it is. And then I have, I'm on Team Honda as well, where we're pretty high up on the ranks. So sure. to make them proud and Hunter happy is, is a pretty good accomplishment for me. Uh, I dig it. Yeah, Scott. Yeah, so kind of talking about the bike a little bit more. Um, what was maybe the biggest thing that you guys learned about the bike this year, and and what is it that you're most excited about for that progress to be into the next upcoming seasons? Um, just taking on a new a new bike was huge for us, and we struggled with it, but we finally found something that un uh, kind of unlocked the bike and. Once we got through that, then it things kind of sailed on pretty well. So having a year under our belt with this new bike, new chassis, new motor, um, coming into this this Supercross season, I, I'm stoked. Like I'm stoked about where the bike's at, chassis, our suspension guy is freaking on it. Our engine guys are on it. So now we're just kind of fine-tuning what we've created this this year. And I think it's going to, we're going to surprise some folks this, uh, this upcoming season. That's awesome. What do you think about this upcoming season? They just had the super motocross press conference uh, today. We, we were all just talking about it at lunch, uh, here at the shop. I'm still at the shop right now, but it, uh, it's going to be intense. I mean, every year is long, but it seems like they drug this one out even further, like into October 14th, I think is the last. Yeah. Uh, super motocross. Yep. Which uh, I wish 
I mean, we can all wish every day for something, but it's just a long year already. And to add those three and spread everything out so much, I feel like we could have tightened it up a little bit. And I think they are it, the following year. It's it's going to end you think early. So? Yeah, I think my, the, my understanding is it. I think it ends before October. I think it ends in September really? next year. Yeah. Whether and, whether they cut out one more Supercross because I know they cut out a Motocross, but there's what seventeen rounds of Supercross. Yes, and then eleven yeah. rounds outdoor. Uh, yeah, I think that's right. Let me look. And Boy. I think we get. I we calculate. Oh, we got like five weekends off in twenty nine weekends <laughs> of racing. Right. Of for that's the year plenty, and that ends in October. So we're like, we're like, whoa, we're going to be smoked after this one. And then right around the corner is January again. So we're back to testing and getting into the Supercross group. So I think it's going to be a little hard on all of us mechanics, but it is what it is. We take the punches and hopefully they learn, like you guys said, they may be changing in it for the following year, which would be pretty good. Yeah, that's what I heard. I, I, my boss, yeah. Michael Lindsay, will be on later. He was there, so he'll he'll have some more details. Um, there you go. So I'll yeah I'll get a, a little more. I, I stayed in Texas and just watched the press conference, but um, yeah, yeah. I, I feel weird. TJ or Scotty and I were just talking about this at the beginning of the show. Is like as a fan, even as media, like yeah, I'd love to see more races. Let's race every weekend. Yeah. It's cool. But when some of these guys are your buddies and you're like, man, they don't get any time off. They're scheduling yeah. like pregnancies and anniversaries around the season yeah, marriages, marriages and all that around the racing season. <laughs> yeah so, it's like like it, it it makes it tough and yeah. i'm all for more racing but at the same time i got two kids at home sure. and i got family that that i'd like to enjoy watching grow up you know yeah it's but, that's the point is like you guys work like you don't you know, most of us, we work Monday through Friday and you're off Saturday and Sunday or whatever. You work Saturday, you're traveling Sunday or Monday oh, yeah. and you're working Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I mean, like it's six, seven days a week. Yeah. I mean, we have a really good team around us. I think our unit's real strong. Our, us mechanics all get along. That's good. Our management's good. And they they do cut, cut us break. Like if we're like, hey, my work's done. I think I'm going to stay home for a couple of days. It's, it's a, a okay. Okay. Unless there's pressing work to do, which is, it's really nice about Honda and Lars uh, being in management and whatnot. Even with Kehoe, like they were really respectful of the mechanics because they've all done it. Kehoe is yeah, a racer. True. Lars has gone up the ranks as a racer and mechanic. So they get it. I mean, they're not, they're not new to this. So we need time to ourselves or we, or we start to come unwound start losing it a little bit <laughs> yeah, yeah definitely now are you are you at florida or are you in cali i'm in cali okay so I, we're uh we're all based out of like it's what i thought kind of temecula area yeah and then our shops in torrance so like okay. today it was like two and a half hour drive to get to the shop yeah that's what i thought but you had made a comment earlier about the boys giving each other shit all the time you got i was wondering if you were also doing practice stuff so no um dazzy dazzy's taking care of yeah. most of that that's their father and We'll go out there for a week at a time when we go test and stuff, and then they'll come out here. But during the weekend, that's when we hear most of them okay. bickering and poking and talking shit and all that good stuff. Oh, uh, yeah. That's awesome. So I could only imagine during the week. It's got to be even more. Well, I hope I get to see a, a little bit of it. In a couple of weeks, yeah. I'm going to Tampa for a concert, and I'm going to try to swing by the 83 Compound uh, oh, you'll love it. Yeah, the Mertz, place is awesome. Yeah, Mertz said I should be able to make it work. So hopefully I'll get to enjoy some of that. And I actually invited Hunter to go. I, I got an extra ticket for Iron Maiden. So, Oh, uh, really? Yeah. He's been trying to get us to go to 
freaking Slipknot this Friday. Oh, but I'm like, oh, I gotta, I gotta do some family time. The following weekend, I'm going on a Harley trip, and I'll be gone for Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So yeah, you need to hang I'm out. Like, the house. I got to I got to spend time with the family. I've got a tough couple weeks getting bikes ready for. <laughs> For Florida, sure. I think we're. It sounds like we're doing that Bercy race. Yeah, so that'll okay. be coming up. Yep. Yeah, you need so, to spend uh, some family time. I get it. Yeah, but yep. I'd, I'd love to go see Slipknot too. I, I want hey, Jericho. I know, right? Jericho tried to get but, me to go a couple of weeks ago. I, was, I couldn't do it. Did you say Iron Maiden? Yeah, when you're in Florida. Yeah, dude. Yeah, that would that would be pretty epic. It's one of my bucket list bands, and I had an extra ticket. Uh, and yeah, not I have an extra ticket now. So yeah. It's either it's just going to be like an extra Maiden. ticket, huh? I like Maiden. Well, buy a flight. There you go. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm gonna. I told Hunter about it. Motocross the Nations. He was like, "Oh, yeah, maybe." But I, I don't. Yeah, he I loves it. I can't imagine he'd actually go, but maybe he will. You never know. He wanted to come out here on Friday. He's in Florida right now, and he's yeah. like, "Let's go, boys!" <laughs> and I'm like, "Damn it!" Yeah, but he that'd loves, be awesome. Like, he'll go out to see Tool and yeah, and what is? I forget the other one he just saw. But he'll fly and just go if, if he has time, you know. He'll sure. go do it. I mean, uh, live a little, you know what I mean? They're always riding dirt bikes. Yeah, that's cool. I, I'm, I love that he's going to the concerts. That's cool. Yeah, for sure. All right, Cameron. So I got one for you. So you, when you're like out and, you know, in a scenario where there's maybe people that probably have no idea what motocross, supercross is, how do, like, how do they respond or how do they react when you say, oh, I'm a, I'm a factory Honda mechanic? What, what kind of responses do you get? It depends, depends on the person. Like if they kind of know at least a little bit of motocross, it's pretty exciting. And let's say they know we don't shut up. We just, well, I just talk for 45 minutes with these random people, whether you're at the bar or the airport, like they'll see like a hat, like, Oh, you work for Honda, like cars. And we'll be like, (laughs) no, we're traveling dirt bike mechanics and just basically go on and tell our story. And they like, cause we got time to kill before a flight or whatever. We're at dinner and right. And yeah, just explaining to people that don't, like you said, that don't know the industry, but they know a little bit about dirt bikes. They, they seem to get more interest than the people that are like, Oh, dirt bike racing, huh? Cool. cool. Yeah. And then <laughs> they do trying to move on with their life. Oh, that's so, yeah. I, I hear that. A lot. Oh, so they do backflips and stuff. Like, no, it's <laughs> yeah. Oh, very, do they do small. tricks? Yeah. And it's yeah. like, no, we're not freestylers or we do a timed race. <laughs> like consecutively la- consecutive laps around a dirt bike track and then they start oh okay right i understand yeah it's it's i always think people are gonna be like oh that's so cool and some people are like oh yeah okay yeah like they just yeah don't, you I, never you never know what you're gonna get yeah, yeah i tell people i ride I'm like oh you can do a backflip i'm like that no <laughs> do you do you do any tricks yeah no, no, no. <laughs> not really it's, it's not, not what we're on about purpose. yeah not on purpose <laughs> not on purpose uh, yep, last thing I got for you is uh, Motocross Nations. Going back to that, what was the highlight of the weekend? Highlight? I mean, Jet Jet got overall at MX3. That's pretty that pretty cool. incredible. Um, yeah, I would say he stole that show. That was pretty pretty awesome. Um, the fans were unfreaking real. I like agree. that was my first uh, Des Nations, and we went down. Jordy raced the pit bike race. Oh, that was a crazy! And yeah, we missed it because we, me and Stack, worked till like eight at night oh. on on our motorcycles, so we missed the race. But we went down for practice, and we could barely see the track. We were so far away, and just <laughs> a wave of people. Yeah, and then watching the videos, like a couple of the guys stayed and took videos of the people on. 
unbelievable the mayhem these guys cause. Oh, it was nuts. I was there for Saturday night. I didn't make it down Friday night for the practice or qualifying night, but yeah, we yeah. were running up and down the fence line with American flags and people just um, taking pictures. Yeah. And, some dude did a backflip on one of those pit bikes. It was nuts. I had it on video, no way. and I accidentally deleted it, unfortunately. I think I might have posted it on my Instagram. But, yeah, they they told us he was going to do it on their site lap. He came off the site lap and had a little spot set up, and sure enough, backflipped up onto the p- tabletop. So he had a little hit off to the yep. side or something? Yeah, yeah. Unbelievable. It was nuts. I was like, there's no way. I mean, like nobody could do that other than Travis Pastrana, but, nope, this dude did it. That's awesome. So on a pitter? Yeah. On those, yeah, those little Yamahas? Yeah, that's what it was. Just little that's stock. That's awesome. And yeah, they're bone stock too, right? Yeah. yeah and pretty also much. on that, um, working under Burner was pretty cool. Michael oh, Burner. yeah. Yeah. Like, I I mean, I was a kid in a candy shop watching <laughs> those guys race. And then to have him, and he kind of crew chiefed us too, like listening to what he had to say over the radio. That was actually a pretty cool uh, moment for me. I like Just having that, yeah. a little little different background there. Of course, yeah, a little history with you know obviously a lot of history yeah. with him. So yeah, that's really cool. What yeah. about on the podium? You know when the guys were on the podium and the, all the fans were singing the national anthem. That was oh dude, dude. bone chilling. I cried. Like, like when, I, I literally, I literally had tears running down my face. Yeah, <laughs> no way. So we were able to walk through that like kind of garage thing through the banners. Yeah, and we were standing right under them. Right. And like the national anthem starts and then you hear the crowd start roaring the words like that was that was pretty cool. It was awesome. Yeah, that might have been the yeah. highlight of my weekend. Uh, yeah, there was, I mean, there was... I can keep things keep popping yeah. up like you remind me of stuff like that. Yeah, that was cool. There's multiple things that kind of were a highlight during that weekend. One of the things we talked about this last week on our show, I thought was really cool is that chase brought a Honda over to the star tent and Eli was leaning over the Yamaha revving the Honda. It was just the camaraderie. That's the word. I mean, the the camaraderie of the teams and how everybody got along and yeah. And they were, they were battling each other all summer. Yeah. And then for them to be able to come together and, and enjoy each other and, and just like party basically (laughs) after the race is pretty, pretty cool to see. It was amazing. We've got, even Justin Cooper, like he's a little quiet. Yeah, and like he was getting after Dude, it too. I always tell everybody that's not how he really is. Like he's he's just really? kind of awkward when he doesn't know people yeah. or in interviews. But when you talk to him off the record, the guy's funny and he wants to be, have more personality. And he like he just it's. I think he's just awkward when it comes to interviews. So I feel like yeah. that even Eli, right? Eli's awkward normally, and they were just for they sure. were allowed Eli, to be for human. Sure. You never know, like. There's never any drama on Eli. There's yeah. no, nothing said. But then when you see him bouncing around with yes. his goggles on, red and bikes, and like, I think uh, he had American flag maybe over the back of him. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, but yeah. he was just bouncing around like a goofball, and that was awesome. <laughs> it see. was so cool. He man. was ripping tear offs. Oh, yeah. dude, that killed me. I, yeah, was, that's I was crying. He was ripping yeah, tear offs. Dude, I was, around. I was there for that whole thing. I was there probably for an hour and a half while they drank out of the Chamberlain Cup and drank out of the boot. and. Yeah, oh, it was yeah. very, very entertaining, and uh, I've only got oh, a couple minutes me, left. We, we heard it over at our trailer. Yeah, <laughs> so I was—I don't—I think I told the story last week, but when I was walking out, like Gilly called me over, and Gilly and I have gotten to be buddies. And he had his arm around Eli, and I was about to leave, and he said, "Come here, come here, Dark Side." And he he said, "Eli, this is Dark Side." And Dark Side he's like, "Yeah, I know." He goes, "Look at his tattoos," because I have Star Wars tattoos, right? And he pointed no at my Darth. Eli pointed at my Darth Maul tattoo and said, "Sith Lord." And I was like, whoa, what? How do you know? He knew what was up. Yeah. And then <laughs> I was like, that's why 
they call me dark side. It's like star Wars. And Eli, you, right. you could see the light come on. And Eli was like, Oh my God. Like he never put two and two together. He probably just thought of some weird dude. <laughs> He's the dark side. Yeah. I don't know. No what he thought. way. It was the, oh, that's, it was that's the funniest awesome. moment. I texted Eli afterwards. I was like, dude, when you, when it clicked of why they call me dark side, I was, it was so fucking funny. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah, good stuff. Well, all right, man. Hey, we got to wrap this up. I've got Christina Denny on next. Cameron, all right. I know we're working on an article with you and uh, Christian. So, yeah. So that's gonna be uh, that's gonna be coming out probably the end of the week once you guys get me your answers. So we'll get to know you you and your buddy a little bit better under the tent. Yep. We're gonna. I think Christian already did his. I'm I'm a little bit of a slacker. I guess. <laughs> Freaking two kids at home, and I, I just, once I get home, I just shut off. Sure, but no worries. I'll get those questions answered for you, and I'll shoot them on over this week. Yeah, so we'll have a little article, another nuts and bolts article up on Vital MX once. That once one I get will be those. fun because yeah. me and Christian have been bros since since I started at Geico. That's like one of my first friends at that shop. And that's so cool. For us to end up on the same team is pretty epic. Yeah, that's good, man. I'm glad you guys have that because when you're on the road like that, it's, you know, if, if you didn't get you, along with your coworkers, it'd make for a rough oh, weekend. It's miserable. And yeah. I I mean, I've bumped heads with coworkers yeah. in the past and it sucks. <laughs> sure, of course. You try to squash it, but you always have that little bit of frustration with yep. someone that you argue with. It lingers. It does, for sure. Heck yeah. Dude, Cameron, it's been awesome getting to know you a little bit, and we look forward to uh, the article, and I'm sure we'll have you on again as Supercross gets closer. Yeah, anytime. Just give me a call, boys. All right, Cameron. Thanks, man. All right. Talk to you guys later. All right. See ya. Bye-bye. That's Cameron. Camera, Team Honda, factory mechanic, Hunter Lawrence. We'll take a commercial break. Be right back. If you're like most racers, you've dreamed about riding a works bike with all the trick parts. Since 1989, Works Connection has been producing works like products for the general public. When Steve Lampson and Team Peak Split Fire Pro Circuit used Works Connection in 1990, they quickly gained a reputation for quality that the pros would use. Three decades later, the company is still known as the leader in quality, innovation, and customer satisfaction. The industry standard pro launch start device is used by many of the teams, such as Factory, HRC Honda, Star Yamaha, Pep Suzuki, and many more. Pole shot specialist Vince Freeze, as well as Jet Lawrence, Eli Tomac, and Chase Sexton all trust Works Connection to get them to the front. And don't forget, you can also get the Elite Clutch Perch, Radiator Braces, Engraved Master Cylinder Covers, and much more at WorksConnection.com. Use promo code MOTOXPOD20 to save at checkout. Works Connection, the choice of champions. Hey, in case you didn't know, Racetech is the world's largest aftermarket suspension modification company. All Racetech products include award-winning goal valves and settings are 100% guaranteed and made right here in the U.S. of A. Racetech also offers state-of-the-art precision engine services and parts to all engine builders. The staff has over 65 years of championship winning experience. It's so good that many of the top privateer teams such as SGB Honda, Team Solitaire Nuclear Blast Yamaha, and Motul AJE Gas Gas, as well as Jerry Robin, Kevin Morans, and many more, choose Racetech for their superior performance, reliability, and their customer service. Hey guys, what's up? My name's Kate Clayson, and I choose Racetech because I love their desire to strive for perfection. I think we all know that perfection isn't possible, but getting to perfection is always the goal and i think that is something that both myself and racetech have always worked towards and i think they can help you get there too 
Hey guys, this is Alex Ray. I use Racetech components in my SGD suspension and also the Racetech engine. The reason I like it is just because uh, the engine's super reliable, tons of torque, and also on the suspension side, it just gives it that flush, nice feeling. Hey, it's your boys at Red Team Solitaire. If you don't own Racetech, here's what you do. Put your hands behind your back and run your face into a f***ing wall. Racetech.com. What's up, guys? This is Kevin Moranz, and I choose Racetech because of their convenience of having Racetech centers all around the United States. Obviously, within my Decker Performance suspension, works really well. They're very high-quality performance products. Definitely check them out. Hey, guys, this is Jerry Robin, uh, and I choose Racetech because of uh, the reliable motors, good power, good suspension, and obviously, it's great people around, and I've uh, been there for a long time, and they're awesome. Visit Racetech.com and use promo code Moto X Pod to save. When choosing goggles, we all know you have a lot of choices. X Brand Goggles has grown into the preferred goggles for many of the top privateers, including Kyle Chisholm, Ryan Brees, Ben LeMay, and top GNCC riders like Craig DeLong. X-Brand is the result of years of knowledge from former Honda HRC test rider Rich Taylor and his dad, Hook Taylor. Whether you're leading the pack or getting blasted with roost, X-Brand can stand up to the abuse. You can visit eksbrand.com to see all X-Brand offers. From the unparalleled Lucid Extreme Definition Optics Goggle with the Wave Latch Quick Release Lens System and 4-Layer Factory Foam to the EKSS and the Flat Out Series, you will find a goggle to meet your needs at a price point you'll love. Check your local dealership for X-Brand goggles distributed through WPS. If you want comfort, style, and performance, as well as hashtag clear vision, then you want X-Brand. Choose X-Brand because we said so. And we're hot. All right, next up, brought to you by Cherubies USA, our title sponsor. For decades, Cherubies USA has been the leader in moto plastic and accessories with products that fit perfect, look great, and last. Cherubies has what you need. Whether it's full plastic kits, individual pieces, handguards, chin guides and sliders, or anything else they offer, visit AcherbeesUSA.com and support our title sponsor. Tonight, Acherbees brings us Team USA's manager, Christina Denny. What's up, Christina? Hey, how are you? Doing good. It's been a long time since we've had you on the show. I went and looked like it it was literally when we first started the show, and that makes me feel bad. <laughs> it's okay. It's all good. You've been pretty busy lately. You were obviously the former manager at Cycle Trader Rock River, and you kind of stepped away from it a little bit, but you're back at the races regularly, correct? I am. So um, 2019 was my last year with the Cycle Trader team and took a little break, and then I got a call from Mike Pelletier asking me if I would consider a role at the AMA alongside with Jeremy Albrecht for this year which I took and we had a great year and we're going to continue doing it again for next year. How were you missing it? How did you really want, were you looking forward when they asked you to come back? Was it like, Oh, thank God. Um, not, not, I mean, I did miss it. I missed being at the races and, um, a little bit different than missing managing a team and having (laughs) the day to day. But, you know, it was definitely, I didn't hesitate, but Jeremy and I both were in a situation with him not working, you know, with JGR, the race team anymore, but he's still working at JGR. He and I both were in a situation that we had our weekends free. And for him, it was a very long time. Yeah. And he, you know, when 
Pelletier offered him this position because I had recommended Jeremy because okay. they first came to me. And I said, no, I can't do 17 races. I've never did that before. I can't do it now. And I said, why don't you call Jeremy? And Jeremy was like, you know, I'm really liking being home. I don't want to do them all. So it worked out that we both agreed to split it. And it, it really did. It worked out really good for both of us. We had our time at the races, but we still were able to enjoy being home and having some family time. Perfect. Yeah. How did you like that role? Like making some of those decisions and maybe sometimes having to be the bad guy. How was that? It, it was tough. It's tough. And it's definitely a learning process. And seeing the, what the AMA and Feld do behind the scenes that we just don't see is really remarkable. And the amount of people and the logistics that take to put an event on like that was really cool. But, you know, I, you know, <laughs> I really was worried and I had some situations and I learned from them and how to do it a little bit differently, you know, maybe in the future. But I think it was just well needed. The AMA and the paddock really didn't have a good liaison in between the two. Right. Jeremy and I really fit that, I believe. And after AMA speaking to the team managers and different people, the key people, they both, everybody liked it. And so I think we did something right. It's a, definitely a learning process, but it's bringing back the connection, or maybe it was never there, but bringing the connection between the riders, the managers, the mechanics, like everybody in that paddock is an AMA member. And, but being able to go to the AMA and having a voice or having someone to listen, at least say, you know what, let me bring this to the people that need to be heard. And that's what we did. Yeah. I think that's been missing for a long time. It's something that I, like I've definitely heard Mathis talk about it and something that was needed. You've heard writers talk about it. There's always been a disconnect. It seems like, and yeah, I, I know I've heard a lot of people speak very highly of, of J bone and his role because he, he raced, he was a mechanic, you know, he obviously he had understood a lot of sides of it. So I think what the AMA f was doing, finally it was a positive. Like there's, there's a lot of negativity that gets shined on the AMA. <clears throat> and Jeremy said at one of the interviews that like, I have more respect for them now that I see all these things that I didn't realize before were taking place. Exactly. Exactly. And Jeremy, we're really like-minded and he, all the years that I was managing, if I had questions or whatever, he would probably be the first person I call because we're, he, you know, he's just honest and he gave me good advice and we're, I think we're just like-minded in a lot of ways, but his experience, like you mentioned him being a mechanic and being in this, I mean, in the industry for as long as he has been, and I, I really looked up to him and yeah. I think we're just, we we're very similar. So we're, we're, we don't have just the two opposites in this role sharing it. Cause it truly is some of the races were both there, but when that happens, he really is the one of three people that make decisions on what the penalty or what the situation might be. It's a three person panel. So it's never just one person. And unfortunately, Jeremy just gets a lot of crap, especially <laughs> on social media, where people don't know. They don't know. Like, he was getting stuff when I was at the race. Oh, wow. Working okay. in that role. And he's just very, he's very, you know, um, 
popular guy and and people just like to blame somebody. So unfortunately, <laughs> he got the roll under the stick on a lot of situations. But I think you know people are understanding a little bit more now that it's it's definitely a three person panel where maybe in the past it was one person making a decision and maybe it wasn't fair or just it just wasn't brought the right way. And we're we're changing that. And Mike Pelletier, with his lead, it's really been a good effort. And he's trying to do exactly what we're trying to fulfill for him. And all around the atmosphere around the truck, I was really concerned about how it was going to be. But everybody, I think, has a lot of respect for everybody there working. And down to Scotty, the truck driver, mm. you know, the the you know having a team and having maybe ten to twelve people to kind of pick up after where you got Scotty and he's got 30 to 50 people in and out that truck all day and just really kind of seeing all the efforts that they all put in. It is, there is a very different kind of, if anybody had an opportunity to kind of just follow one person in, in the day, you'd be surprised. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad to hear that because again, I, there's a lot of moments where I get frustrated with AMA the at outdoors this year with uh, Dylan Ferrandis and Justin Barsha. That was a big one. You know, there, there wasn't footage, but they DQ'd uh, Barsha. And we're all like, how do you, you know, how do you DQ somebody? And there's no footage, but you have to hope they're doing the, the their job properly. And I guess the official was there and saw it. But, you you know, when you're not there, you don't really know all the details. And the AMA, maybe they're not releasing all the information. You get a little frustrated with the organization. So to hear from somebody like you who's working with them, it's good to hear a different side of it. Well, and a lot of people don't know this, and I know I didn't know this until later on working, that, for instance, outdoors, the AMA is not the governing body, so to speak, at the race. It's MX Sports, and they work together. Mike Pelletier was actually there at that race, but you know, it wasn't all on him right. for that particular situation. So it's a little different because, you know, at Supercross, you see... AMA officials like myself or Jeremy or Thule wearing AMA apparel mm -hmm. and it does have the brand with Supercross and but for outdoors you don't have those AMA officials like we are in that role and going forward into next year that's going to change there'll be an AMA semi at the outdoor races along with MX Sports working together and I think uh, it's going to really help in a lot of things that way. So it's definitely more consistent between the two supercross and outdoors. It's going to be more familiar faces. And so it's going to be a little bit different and definitely for the better. That's good to hear. Yeah. It's going to be cool. You know, we so that means Jeremy and I are figuring out how we're going to rock, paper, scissors, what races <laughs> we're going to. Yeah. Well, yeah. Red Bud's going to be a big one, right? You're going to fight over that one. Millville is going to be one to fight over. Oh yeah, I, there's I, a lot of good races, and obviously the schedule's out. Yeah, you know we're we're working on what we could do for both of sure. us to make it accommodating, but make it definitely where neither one of us get burn out. Right, but also have a you know a solid role in whatever wherever they want us. Let him have Paula. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think that I like that. Yeah, yep. you heard it here, Jeremy. Uh, Paula's yep. yours. It's official. It's locked in. Sorry. Go ahead, Scotty. Yeah, we made a decision. <laughs> yeah. 
you know, so kind of going off what we've been talking about, how all the little things, everybody working together and seeing it all come to all come to fruition. I was just kind of wanted to know what was something that maybe you did this that, that weekend of the donations, or maybe coming up to that point that you at the time maybe thought it was no big deal, or just kind of something trivial trivial that you did. And then looking back at it after everything was accomplished and done, and you know the weekend was over, what was something that you saw that like, oh wow, that that ended up making a huge difference in what we were able to accomplish? Well, I think first of all, let me correct you guys just because I definitely don't want to take credit. My role is not team manager. Um, the role or the title I should say is team coordinator. Oh, I, and, I messed that up then. I, know, thought, I thought they, that was the title. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I, said, I thought that was the title. That was on me. No, that's fine. Roger ha- is the team manager. That's right. And um, wow, I'm an idiot. <laughs> How do- that's okay because you know rogers has been doing it for a long time and but i've been doing it since 2016 i came on as a team coordinator the role was really on it was open like what it really meant and they just needed somebody to do help with travel and different things like that in the beginning and then once i started being more involved i saw some holes where it needed to fill just from scheduling aspect. And I'm really good at that side of things and putting all the pe- people in the right places and coordinating is really, you know, what a manager's job is. Mm-hmm. But in that role, it's just a little bit different. Roger obviously has the respect and, and earn, you know, earns that role and has earned it. And that's definitely, we work hand in hand and, it's nothing I would ever want to take away from him, but learning over the years and kind of what you were asking this year, especially it's going in, going into the race months prior is a lot more planning and not only logistically, but working with both Yamaha and Honda a lot earlier and having an idea of a little bit more what's to expect, educating not only the riders, but the mechanics on the rules. Paul Pierabinos was a huge help with that part of the starting pattern and the, uh, the procedure and just all the different differences that GP races have for us. That was probably a little bit, probably the biggest difference is just having a little bit more knowledge about the that side of things versus hey, I'm just here to coordinate and move people around. Right. And we all worked so great together. I mean, our small crew at AMA, it's a, a year project. It's, you know, 100% volunteer position. And But the efforts, because you know, obviously, your goal is what we happen. And having, um, putting those people together and having the small crew and working prior to was huge, but then working with both Jeremy and Lars, which we've never done a lot of in the years past prior to the race was probably one of the biggest difference. And I think what definitely helped, you know, get the outcome that we did was already working on that stuff early. Yeah. I've heard from a lot of people that were part of team USA, how much more coordinated, like how everything just seemed to be, flow better this year everything everything from all sides seemed to click better 
I think so. And it's, I think it just shows all the work that we put in it because you just don't show up to an event like that and expect communication is the key for, for this type of race. And when sometimes three different OEMs, but this case, two different teams to be able to work together and have the common goal, it's, you're asking a lot just to show up and you're asking for failure because it takes not only the teams to work together, but the writers. And then you, you know, you guys, you have Chase and Eli who didn't speak at all during the outdoor season, Right. expect them to come together, but organically it just happened so amazing. And Jeremy uh, Coker and Lars, they really, they look to us to say, okay, what is, how are we going to do this? Let's have a plan. And we did that. And it just, and I don't know, it was a fairy tale and I'm still kind of on cloud nine from it. <laughs> I'm going to ask you about some of that, the celebration, because I got to witness a lot of that in a minute. <laughs> but before we get into that, some of the cool things and Scotty just reminded me, we didn't do a show last week. So we haven't even talked about motocross of nations on this show or the experience I had there, but I did an interview with a, a bunch of interviews with some of the mechanics from really the USA teams, but like Alex Campbell, who works for Dylan Ferrandez, but he was under the star tent. Uh, you know, we just got off the phone with Cameron camera hunters guy. And it was just really interesting how the camaraderie, not only of team USA, but like Alex Campbell, again, works for Dylan Ferrandez under the star tent. It was like jelly, like, you know, Eli's guy and Duffy, who is Christian's guy normally. Now, you know, he's, they were all helping me get Dylan's bike ready. Like just everybody there was working together to make it work. And it's such a cool experience and cool event. Obviously I was at the one in 2018 that you were there for that, where we lost at Redbud, and that sucked, but this was completely a different world. Like the whole vibe was different. It really was. And I, after 18, you know, walking away from that and, and like we could have done so much more as a team, right. not only put it on the riders, but just as a team. And I think that really sparked this, you know, working on this change as a whole. But I mean, the people that we're working with, like Jelly and, and Duff and all those guys, and even just see, going over underneath the Star Truck, it was everybody really like, I'm so glad you said that because. It truly was. I saw a lot of working together and, but not only just internally, we, you know, we all want, it's all like USA, it's yeah, France, yeah. it's Australia. And, you know, do you want it? Like you, there's no, obviously there's like sabotaging and all this stuff, <laughs> but it's a matter of, Hey, we're all here for a common goal. And the outcome is just what it's going to be to the riders on the track, but we're a team whether or not you're here for USA or whatever. But I saw that too. And not only under Yamaha, but under Honda as well. Just yeah. everybody, it really was a whole different vibe. And I don't know if it was just something because, you know, we didn't want to experience what we did before. And, but Honda not participating in 18, we shared a lot of things as far as, what things that had happened and what we don't want to happen. So let's prevent it. Mm -hmm. And maybe, you know, just Lars communicating that with the people that he works with it. You know, I think it's just at the end of the day, 
it's all just about communication and under pressure and been able to really kind of put it all together. It's, I really think at the end of the day, it's all it is. Yeah. It was a perfect storm of what happened in 18. Obviously Eli was there. He didn't want to relive that. Chase said he was there. You know, obviously he didn't race, but he was there. He didn't want to have to do deal with that. He wanted to improve things. Justin Cooper was the guy that a lot of the keyboard warriors and people were like, well, he's not the right pick for the team. So he had a chip on his shoulder. So all, and then we all know they went there a week early when they were up there. They, they kind of had dinner together. They hung out. They got to know each other. Like that was all, everything was perfect. You know, obviously Paul coming on and a big part of what he wanted to help out with was that exactly. Let's, this is a team. Let's make it where we're all comfortable. We can all hang out, you know, and, and feel like a team. Your part, you just said, you know, learning from the experience. It's just, it was a, it was a perfect storm for this year. And now we just got to go to earn a and do it again. Yeah. And like you said, the going up there the week before I, I went along with my husband and Brian McDonald, two key people that really helped with the film and data acquisition and, and working behind the scenes to really help the teams find things that they just can't see. They're so busy, their eyes, they're not watching Mm -hmm. the track all day. And so we were able to go up there and do a test run and, And, you know, the weather, it was crazy. The weather there, even then, was similar to what we had at Redbud this past weekend with rain and then sunny and then rain and, you know, going through the motions and like, well, sure, it's not a perfect day, but we could have this. We could have the same weather. And seeing Justin and, and Chase watching film and going over and doing motos together and doing starts together, it really was a just the like you said the setting it up and then going to dinner and laughing and having fun and talking about just not the race but just getting to know each other again and and the riders like justin and chase they really didn't know each other or talk much before right and you know breaking the ice and knowing hey these guys we all have each other's back it was a huge part of when we showed up, Hey, we've done this. Let's, let's do it. Let's get these guys. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Kind of, that was kind of one of the questions I had as well, you know, seeing that Eli finally winning one and Chase's first one, and then Justin Cooper proving that he was the right choice kind of going into, you know, all of that working together and you know, talk, we talked about the teamwork and everything, but seeing that moment finally happened and they did win. What was, what was some of like, the relief that you could see on their faces from each different riders or your own or your own. Yeah. I think for my own, first of all, it, I, I was so happy for the team as a whole and it was my first win. We have been doing this for quite some time and obviously everybody knows we just haven't had the luck. So having it and it was not like the pressure's off or anything like that because no matter what, there's going to be always that pressure. But having, enjoying it as a group and everybody's hard work, everybody's efforts, even down to like the parents or the wives, the girlfriends, and having it as a whole was my my biggest take, I think. Unfortunately, you know, you're in this moment and I'm watching all these Instagram stories and reels and posts and it's seeing it from the outside. Every time I just get choked up it's so cool and you know you're in it you're you're just savoring the moment 
but then reliving it from another's eyes versus, you know, on Instagram or whatever, it's even that much better because you get to experience the whole crowd. You know, when the crowd started singing the national anthem, I just was like, I was over. That was the coolest thing I have experienced. And I know the guys up on the podium, they did too. It was something that we all talked about afterwards and having just the whole crowd behind them. It was a whole nother feeling. Yeah. So, but individually, like you mentioned, everybody had their old own story. And I'm so glad like Chase, we were supposed to go to Italy last year. He was one of the writers picked whether or not we did well or not. I, it would have been awesome, but having his first race at his home track, his backyard, seeing Chase grow up, I've known him since 85s, and seeing him experience that here at Redbud was something obviously he'll never forget, and I know he'll be part of this team for future to come. Eli, I think for sure, having the success that he's had all year and making this race almost you know, just as important as those championships, but on a, on a different type of level, more of not, it's not just one person anymore. It's this whole group and he's got a group behind him, whether it's from us, AMA, Honda, his team, and then having just that perfect storm to make, you know, wrap up such a successful year was so cool to see. And just his attitude and him celebrating, <laughs> In that way, I was, I'm, I was so pumped for him. Yeah. And then Justin, obviously, yeah, he did had a he had a lot of people, and you know, having I stay off of what people's comments, and you can't. I mean, they they get into it, they get into their head, and you try to tell them, you know, it's it's just you can't look into that. But it, I think it did spark a little bit of something. But after their first moto, when he got ninth after the first race when he got ninth and I went and checked on him, he just looked at me. He goes, I'm getting a top five next time. <laughs> I said, Justin, you're doing exactly what you need to be doing. Yeah. Like just go out there and do exactly what you're doing. He's like top five. And then he comes back when he goes, I told you, he goes, but I got a fourth. And I was like, it's seeing Justin's personality come out even after his races and then celebrating with his teammates. It was really cool to see. Cause I've known Justin for a long time too but I've never seen him in that celebratory style where he's enjoying himself and enjoying all his efforts too. And he's had a rough time sure. with his injury and, and everything. So having just it end the way it did, even if I, I want to say, if, if we didn't win, it would have been really kind of tough, but, I think it would have been a win regardless for how hard these guys all work together and how the efforts came together. It's, it yeah. was really cool to see. Definitely. There would have been positives that came out of it either way. I think so. And I really hadn't thought about it until right this second. Yeah. That if we didn't, because I just, you know, we're also confident, but after 18, we definitely weren't taking anything <laughs> for granted. Right. And sure. like, Oh, we have this and, it's, you know, having it happen, but having knowing, okay, we put the work in prior and what all these, you know, and I have notes already for next year, what <laughs> we need to do. And my, my video guy, Brian, he's already downloading 
RNA track races so he could start learning some of the track stuff. It's just, we're all on this high <laughs> and I, it will continue. Yeah. And if anything, it will be better. I love it. Even next year. And having the key people obviously is the right equation for this whole, whole group. Clearly. All right, Christina. So we had one from one of our listeners. They would like to know who is the person you've had the hardest time coordinating? <laughs> hardest time coordinating. Yeah. <laughs> um, rounding up cats all day is pretty much, I would say really this year it wasn't hard. Roger is probably the busiest person at that race because he's, you know, he's got their KTM truck and he's got other people also working with that whole group. Mm -hmm. And as far as just a KTM, you know, Husqvarna team, but whenever I needed him, I told him at a certain time he was there. So he wasn't hard. It's just, he's definitely a little bit busy throughout that weekend. So he would probably be, probably not the hardest, but the, the guy that's the busiest, more likely, yeah, busiest. And, but he, honestly, he walked up to me. He's like, where, what next boss? <laughs> and I said, all right, Roger, here's your schedule. I made specifically for him because the team schedule, it's overwhelming. It's Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and it's all coordinated media to oh, all yeah. the obligations. So Roger's going to look at that and freak out. So, you know, <laughs> I give him a special one and yeah. here you go. And he never was late, never didn't show. It's just a matter of just letting him know, like, hey, this is this is what we know. And having, honestly, having the Jamie from Yamaha and I think the guy's name is Scotty from Honda. I really don't. I wish I knew it better. Having those two people there to help me corral not only just their riders, but just, you know, I gave Jamie all the jerseys for the photo shoot. Like, here, you hold on to these. Mm. And so I had such key people helping. And it really took, it's all those little things that made it such a big difference. That's cool. Last question, because we're running out of time. I want to hear just your thoughts now on the celebration, drinking out of the Chamberlain Cup and the boot. You were all part of it. The cake, uh, that was pretty intense. And to see you cut loose, like you you were having a good time. I did. Honestly, I, I think I really, I was watching it, observing it. And then I was over at the star truck off to the side, watching the guys <laughs> rev, rev the their bikes. bikes, try to you know do this and canard. And Austin Hoover, they literally pushed me. They're like, you got to do it. You yeah. got to do it. I'm like, oh, no, I don't know. <laughs> you know, and I said, you know what? I threw my beer down. I said, give me it. <laughs> so <laughs> it was awesome. I jumped on and having just that experience and then the crowd, that's kind of when it switched to, okay, it's time to party. Yeah. And having everybody cheering USA and and doing that and cheering me on to do it it that's definitely when the, the the flip switched and then going over to alpine stars all three guys were there they brought out champagne i feel horrible chase was popping the bottles the champagne is hitting the bottom of the awning underneath <laughs> and i mean it was 
exploded everywhere oh, and yeah. they're just back there watching like having a great time and i'm talking to them i'm like i'm so sorry we'll stay to clean up she's like no ma'am this is what it's for here's more bottles they were prepared and seeing the guys hanging out together again in that element and everybody else coming by and enjoying it with them and celebrating with them the cup was awesome pretty darn heavy having to drink. I mean, that mixture was like the bartenders, Matt, at the end of the night. <laughs> Disgusting. Just combination of champagne, beer, wine. Anything that Eli or those find. guys, yeah, anything they could find to open oh, was yeah. going in. Yep. <laughs> and it's just going down and then they brought the boot out. Yeah. And I was like, you know what, this is, if I'm going to have any opportunity to do this, it's now. Now, yeah. And having, and just the stripes on the cake for myself and Canfield and Mike Pelletier, it's been that since London having they they earned our stripes back then and so it's a tradition that we've done and obviously Chase and Justin and um uh, Eli Eli gosh they were like <laughs> face planting their faces in the cake yeah. and Justin did this awesome speech, dropped the mic, and <laughs> I, I mean, we destroyed it. I felt horrible. Oh. I'm like, they're never going to have us again, but <laughs> I spoke to them since, again, apologizing and thanking them, and they said they wouldn't have it any other way, which their hospitality from from the day one to the the moment we left is unbelievable, and they feed us, they you know, they give us food, they're a place to get out of the element yep, yep. and I'll get together as a crew with their family and friends. And over the years, it's, it's definitely one of the things that's a huge factor and could not thank them enough. And obviously outfitting the whole team with apparel and hats and everything. It's, it's super cool for them to be involved as much as they are. Yeah. Agreed. I am so happy for you and so proud that to see you get this, you've been nothing but good to this show from day one when we probably had 35 people listening to the show. And I, I love seeing, I love seeing you get to celebrate like that. It was a lot of fun for me to watch everybody. And, uh, we do have to let you go. We've got another guest lined up, but I of appreciate course. you having time for us and look forward to seeing you in a few months for super motocross. Yep. You'll see me around and I appreciate you having me on the show and taking the time to celebrate with us as well. Absolutely. Thank you, Christina, and congratulations. Thanks. Thanks, right. guys. Talk to you soon. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Thanks to Christina Denny for coming on. We're going to take a quick commercial break, and we'll be back with Julian Perrier. Whenever I'm about to do something, I think, would an idiot do that? And if they would, I do not do that thing. Only an idiot would not rush down to their local WPS dealer to check out the complete line of 2022 Fly Racing products. So if you don't want to be an idiot... Stop acting like an idiot. You're the idiot. Don't be an idiot. Changed my life. Then rush down right now. Of course, obey the speed limits. The need to get your hands on a Formula helmet will not get you out of a ticket. Once you get there, ask to see everything Fly Racing offers. From the Evolution DST to the light race wear to the kinetic lines, they have a gear line to fit your needs. Fly Racing has been developing and innovating its gear line since 1998. Just ask current riders Zach Osborne, RJ Hampshire, Carson Mumford, and the beast from the east, Damon Bradshaw. Don't forget about their women's and youth lines and the all-new Zone Pro goggle worn by Justin Brayton, Shane McElrath, Max Anstey, and Joey Sabachi. Again, visit your local shop and support your WPS rep today. Check out flyracing.com for all they offer. 
If you want power, then you need Williams Moto Works. Wait, wait what, what was that? It's the Supercross guy voice. No, no, it's not. It sounds more like a Hulk Hogan promo. Well, that's good and tough. I like that. Dude, we aren't making a redneck commercial for a professional company like Williams Moto Works. He designs camshafts, builds performance motors with CNC porting. So it needs to be tough and cool. A company who can reprogram ECUs, hire rev limits, and custom maps needs a professional commercial, dude. So, like, if you want complete power package from cams, portings, transmissions to ECUs, then contact Williams Moto Works at 414-467-6199 or follow them on Instagram at camdesigner. Or you can even email them at Williams Moto Works. That's Williams Moto and then W E R X at gmail.com. Okay, that's better. Not good, but better. Scotty T here from the Moto X Pod Show with another fantastic product from Burn Motorsports. It's Shock Socks, the number one 10 second removable fork seal protector. No one likes having leaky fork seals. With Shock Socks, you can protect your fork seals from the crap at the track in a matter of 10 seconds. Fork seals can be expensive and take away from your ride time, so fight the crime of grit and grime with Shock Socks. Check your local dealer or go to the BurrMotorsports.com webpage. Also, follow them on Facebook and Instagram. So go out and make sure to get your pair of Shock Socks today. All right, guys, we're back from commercial break. Our next next guest of the night is brought to you by X-Brand Goggles, which is one of the top goggle companies for privateers like Kyle Chisholm, Ben LeMay, Ryan Brees, and many of the top GNCC guys. Visit xbrand.com, go to your local dealership, and find X-Brand distributed through WPS. Tonight, X-Brand Goggles brings us team owner of Team PRMX, Julian Perrier. What's up, Julian? Oh, not much. It's uh, working night and day pretty much these days, so... Uh... I guess a whole lot. So yeah, yeah, it's getting uh, it's getting to be you know Supercross or Super Motocross is right around the corner. So this is probably one of the busiest times of the year for you, trying to get everything prepared, sponsors lined out, riders lined out, etc. Yeah, it is actually very very busy, and uh, we kind of never really stopped racing with the with with my team. So we did the all the Supercross Canadian Nationals, and now we're doing the the Triple Crown like Arena Cross portion of it so it's like there's always something going on and now we're you know um trying to finalize some riders for supercross and sponsors and you know it's it's always a little bit uh a little bit stressful before a1 but uh <laughs> yeah and are you still doing stuff uh in canada yeah you saw your team up there too right yeah yeah we did the the, the outdoors that's what you're talking yeah in, uh, who is on the team this year the, what was that? Who was on the team up there this year? Uh, it, it, it started off with uh, several riders, but we kind of ended up getting it, getting it stabilized with when all the restrictions and stuff and injuries and this and that. We had uh, Felix Lopez from uh, Mexico in the 450 class, uh, Julian Benek, uh, local Canadian kid in the 250, and then we ha- have the addition of Josiah Natsky from um, New Zealand that did four U.S. nationals and then yep. came up... Uh, and join forces with us, and we have a WMX, uh, a girl that races for us as well, Amalia Garant, and uh, it was a great summer, actually, uh, full of surprise, but, you know, top five in the series in the 450, and uh, six moto wins in 250, two overalls, like four podiums, one 450 podium, and third overall in the WMX as well, so it was 
pretty awesome. Can't yeah. complain. Very successful year. That Josiah Natsuki kid, I want to get him on here. I think you and I talked about that, and I, I have his phone number. A kid has a lot of talent. Uh, yeah, like a lot. And um, really cool, cool guy to, to work with, really humble. Uh, I won't tell all the story because it's <laughs> a good story to, to chat on with you on, on the show. So uh, I'll leave that up to you. But okay. no, a great kid. I uh, finally met uh, more of his family. His, his brother and his dad came to Motocross Nation. And like, yeah, a good group of people. So for Super, AMA Supercross coming up, I've heard, I don't know if this is confirmed yet, that Cade's on the team, Cade Clayson. Uh, you can confirm mm-hmm. that if it's the case. And who else are you working on or who else is locked in? Uh, yeah, Cade's coming back. Uh, we have uh, a contract starting November 1st. And um, he, sh- he should be lined up with us for, for more than a year, I would I would assume, because we have the clause in the contract and stuff. But, uh, uh, yeah, Cade's uh, locked in for 450 uh Josiah's gonna do two fifty West as well. Okay. Simonson two fifty uh no sorry, two fifty East. Simonson two fifty East. Um uh, Julian Bennett's coming back to to kind of, it was his rookie season, he's only eighteen and uh got hurt right off the bat, so we'll give him another shot and working on some other guys that uh, pretty much are locked in, but we didn't make final announcements, and all the announcements are going to be October fifteenth as well. So okay, with a team like yours, how how are your relationships with your sponsors? How do you build those relationships and show that they can get some kind of return on investment? I mean, obviously, it's a business in the end. How does that work for you? Um, uh, how does that work? That's a really really long answer. <laughs> okay. I'll try to make it short. Um, I, I try, I do my best. I work super, super hard on this project team business or whatever you want to call it. Been going at it for more than almost 14 years right now. And just never wanted to go too big, too quick and just keep plugging at it. And I think consistency as a team is really important as well for sponsors. When I, kind of talk to new sponsors and stuff. They kind of do research and stuff and see that, you know, in the past six years, we've made all 17 rounds and never kind of quit, never folded, never not show up to a race. Always had riders under the tent. Even if we had like seven riders injured last year, I filled in Wow. pretty much. I could get an homeless guy on the side of the street. Hey, you want to <laughs> ride a bike? You know, like I just wanted to, I just wanted to promote the sponsors, make sure there's bikes on the track and yeah. like just keep the ball rolling. I think that's, that's a big, big plus, uh, for sponsors to see, to, to work with people that, you know, are in it for the long run. Um, other than that, like I try to, to keep my sponsors really close and as much as possible, not to do switches every year, but I feel like in the sport is, is, a restart every year other than, you know, our great title sponsor, Partzilla. Um, can't thank them enough for the two years and hopefully two more. And um, we're working really hard with them to make like a, like a Owl's brand name of the Partzilla PRMX racing team and continue growing and go to that factory level. I like that. Yeah, that's that's those those long term partnerships. I think are super super important for a team like yourself. Like if if you have to change every couple of years and find a new title sponsor, 
that's that's just a struggle for you, you know, to, to figure out how what they want and be successful. Exactly, and it's super stressful, stressful, yeah. and it's stressful for the riders. And are we going to get enough funding and stuff? But knock on wood, been working really hard every year to make sure that you know we we have new contacts every year. We we kind of grow, but in a in a good pace. I feel like it's not like we show up out of the blue with you know like top five guys and big rigs and this and that. And it, it took, it took, it took me the time. It took me to get to where I am mm-hmm. today. So, and, uh, I'm pretty patient, so I can, I can wait a couple of years and <laughs> get to the, get to the top. I like it. I like it. Scott, you got something? Yes. So, you know, you kind of mentioned something kind of interesting that you didn't want to grow too fast. I, I kind of respect that you want to make sure that you're doing it the right way. And one of the questions that I, that I did have for you tonight was, you know, obviously growing this team is in this industry is very difficult. And I just wanted to know what the next challenge or obstacle or hurdle, or however you want to word it, what is the next thing that you're going to try to accomplish as a team owner? Um, the next, I don't know if it's the next step or next challenge. Like I, I'm really, really tough to satisfy as a person like myself. Um, and you know, I change rigs every year and I, I kind of flip stuff and upgrade and upgrade and upgrade. My, my next challenge will be my new rig in, uh, 2024, which will be a really, really, really big investment. And I don't lease the rigs. I don't do anything. I, I want to buy them. I want to own them. And, uh, yeah, that's going to be the next really big project if you want. And after that, it's going to be like I, I think I've, I found niche riders and stuff that I want to grow with now. And hopefully we can make it work to a point where I can bring Cade to the next level. He wants to go and Cade can bring the team to the next level that I want to go. Same with Josiah and all the guys that are involved in the program right now. So uh, yeah, that's, those are the two things I want to work with. And obviously like, I don't know, maybe I'm dumb or just blind or something. I feel like a year, five years or somewhat in the nearest future, I will get some OEM slash factory support. Yeah, I don't think Hopefully. that... I don't think that's dumb. I think that's good. To, like, if you, if you felt like I'll never get factory support or OEM support, you're probably not going to be very successful because you don't, you don't even feel, believe in yourself. So the fact that you believe that and feel that way you're going to keep building towards that and fighting to get it. And they'll see that with results. Yeah, totally. I'm, I'm a firm believer in the words like what if, yeah. and I, I always use it with the riders and myself and, and growing like, what if someone calls or what if I win the loto? So, you know? <laughs> yeah, I like that idea. I need to, I need to play to first before I can win, but the lot of exactly same here, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. I do. You know, I, I also kind of wanted to know what what kind of the feeling you get and how, and how you feel when you are able to give a guy that the example I thought of myself was was Rod Bell, who a year before he was on you, he he was working to get himself to the races, working construction. I just wanted to know the kind of joy and whatever the sense of accomplishment that you got being able to help a guy like that out. Uh, I mean, it's it it shows that the program works. You know, uh, all all respect to Justin. We, we, 
parted ways after the Supercross due to stuff we couldn't control on, on each our end. And, you know, it's part of the world we live in right now with restrictions and this and that. Um, you know, Justin came from, from somewhere else and had made one main event in three or four seasons of Supercross. And we got to work. He got to work as well. We, we worked together. We worked well. We had, you know, a good relationship and, uh, the, the, we made the bike as best as possible for him and this and that. Then he came out with seven main events and the season with us. So I feel like from my perspective, it was a successful season for him and for us. Like it was a win-win. Um, yeah, I, I, I feel accomplished in that, in that scenario where, where a guy is on the bubble all the time and, talented and has to go to work and this and that but now we can we we were able to to have him train and have him go to the race without you know being rich but not be at, without being like you know not making it so yeah. we were helping him to get to the race we were like, we had bonuses the sponsors had bonuses you make good money in the 450 and then you made some bunch of mains so i think it from, from my feeling it was a great season that's cool uh, how was motocross the nations for you? You had the, your truck, your rig up there and helped out. How was that event? Uh, really busy to be honest. <laughs> like I, I think I watched, um, two motos. Oh wow. Yeah. Completely. And you know, I had, uh, I hosted Ecuador, yep. but I had, uh, Josiah with team New Zealand and, you know, I was walking back and forth between, and uh ecuador was awesome it was a good experience but they their organization was not really really high so i did a lot of organization and make sure they 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 had food during the race day and <laughs> and stuff like that and make sure they go out for the proper qualifying and you know that i think there's a language barrier as well so sure sure it, it was super busy it was you know like it was a mud fest too for the b final for them and the bikes, uh, they rented bikes for me too. Like the bikes were, were muddy and stuff, but we kept it on, uh, on the A game if you want. And all the bikes were top, top shape at the end. Bikes are all framed and ready to sell right now. We had zero issues with, with, with the bikes and Josiah as well. Cause he was on two of my bikes and you know, our, our work was a lot, but our work was done properly and the machines, they, they went well. Good. Yeah, good experience then overall. Busy but good. It was super busy. Like this the only time I kind of probably sat down and just think eat a brownie or something <laughs> is when you you pass by the the New Zealand tent. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. That's funny. <laughs> uh all right. So I don't know if you saw the press release on the Super Motocross set schedule. Uh, what do you think about what's coming in 23? Them trying to do some things a little different, maybe have a little more money involved, and maybe all at the upper end of the podium or the finishing order. But it seems like they're failed at MX Sports is trying to do something different that maybe will be, you know, maybe it'd be positive in the end. Ah, uh, for sure. I think it's just like any. For me, I'm a stadium type of person mm -hmm. anything that you can sit down people and watch something is a win and uh i think the super motocross you could call it super cross super motocross or you could do an outdoor track i, I don't really 
care what it is, but it's it's in a stadium. People can come in, sit down, grab a beer, uh, get a hot dog or whatever, bring the family. It's just a different vibe. And the more we can get out of these, the more sponsors will be interested in helping the teams. Um, outdoors are great. They're, they're a different style. Of, it's more core, yeah. core fans and stuff like that. But I think the outside industry that, you know, are not really directly connected to dirt bikes, the stadium stuff is, is awesome for getting outside sponsorship. And, uh, like there, there's a bunch of examples we could give, but like, just, I think we get the point here where, where stadiums are awesome. And, uh, hopefully we, we qualify for, for those super motocross. Cause I want to do them. Yeah, it'd be cool. Yeah, Supercross is more of a show, right? It's like it's like going to yeah. the rock concert. You got the fireworks and you know the the PA. It's just loud. It's cool. You can go and like you said, you can take your family and you don't have to trudge around in the heat and try to find a spot where you might be able to see a, a little bit of the race. You can see the whole thing. Yeah, a hundred percent. Like if I if I ask my wife to come to an outdoor race or to a Supercross, there's way more chances she's going to come to Supercross. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I. I, I, me too. <laughs> Honestly, I go to the nationals, but I have a lot more fun at the supercross races. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I wish I could just do like supercross and super motocross. Right. That's, right. That's the, but I mean, I think outdoor motocross is a must for the industry. So, cause you still have to please the core fans. So. Absolutely. It's, it's part of the business. And I mean, again, I like it. I like watching it more on TV than I do going, uh, at this point, you know, if I'm not racing, I don't really feel like I need to be at a motocross track so much anymore. <laughs> no, no, for sure. But you were at, at the nations and stuff like that the organization different. of MXGP is crazy. That was unreal. Yeah. That's the second one. I went to the other one in 18 also, but this one was something special. I've been to to some GPs in Europe as well. And just the way that you get to your gate, like you have that little shelter in the back. And yeah. Like it's the mechanics areas are awesome. Like just the hospitality, the VIP stuff. And it's just like a, like a, a top level sport. Like I've been to F1s before and it reminds me of F1. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard that. I've, I've never been to a GP other than the, the two mx of nations at redbud so uh hopefully next year i'll make a couple of those i want to experience that we'll have to bring you to uh mx of nations of, of france next year i can translate for you oh that'd be great I, I think we are going michael Lindsay said we're definitely going so i might hit you up on that because that definitely will be a language barrier for me yeah i'll be fine <laughs> <laughs> all right yeah, yeah you will be well julia man i appreciate you jumping on here and telling us what's going on and uh coming up and you know, come A1, man, I'm going to be coming by the truck. So we'll see you in a few months. So it's, it's going to be here before we know it. Oh, yeah. It's uh, <laughs> it's almost there and we don't know it. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll hit you up in a few uh, in a few days with the, with the lineups and stuff, and I'll send the press release to, to the social media guys. Perfect. Thanks, Julian. I appreciate your time and look forward to seeing you soon, man. All right. Thanks, guys. Have a nice evening. You too. Bye. Thank you. All right. Bye. Thanks to Julian Perrier for coming on. Yeah, I, these uh, you know, we talk about all the time, right? These privateer teams are very important, Scotty, for our, for the industry. There's a lot of guys that like Cade was Cade needed something, and guys like him. I mean, the guy he's gonna make he's gonna make main events. You know, he's gonna make 
all the night shows more likely. He's going to make most of the mains, probably all the mains. Yeah, that's and, a pretty that's a pretty big guy for you know yeah. going off of what they had. And Cade's established Cade himself for him before. I think last year he was on the uh, I'm blanking um, the the one with uh, A Ray A Ray. Yeah, uh, I'm completely blank. S, S- SGB G- SGB. Yep, yeah. Yep. So, but Cade has rode for PR Mix before. He's probably but, a little more established now. Though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Cade is for sure. Yeah. But Julian does a really good job of trying to work hard for these guys. So yeah. we appreciate yeah, him being that, there. That'll be cool. Let's take a commercial break. We'll be back with Michael Lindsay, and we'll start wrapping this thing up. Are you tired of your bike looking stock? Have you had enough of arm pump from inferior handlebars? Are you sick of losing the race on the last lap because you can't hold on to your old worn-out grips? If you've had any of these things happen, you don't have to be the laughing stock of your moto group anymore. Today, the Moto X-Pod show is here with the solution of all your problems. Torque One Racing. Torque One is an organization founded by individuals with passion above and beyond for the racing industry. Their mission is to provide high-quality, economical performance parts for your dirt bike, quad, and street bike. From the attack handlebar, defy lock-on grips, vengeance levers, and more, their products are made to the highest of quality, the lightest in weight, and most importantly, affordability to their customers. They bring passion, commitment, energy, focus, enthusiasm, and ambition to their products. And most of all, they are an experienced organization that has come together from other organizations to bring you the best of the best. Visit them at TorqueOneRacing.com. That's T-O-R-C-1 Racing.com. And be sure to follow them on Instagram and Facebook. All right, the next guest of the night, he's on the line. He's my boss. He's brought to you by Racetech. Racetech is the world's largest aftermarket suspension modification company. All Racetech products include award-winning gold valves and are 100% guaranteed and made in the USA. Visit Racetech.com for more info and use promo code MOTOXPOD to save. And Once again, I want to thank PDR Performance. My Racetech suspension showed up today for my Husky 350 for Vet Nationals. My Steve Mathis killer will be put back together tomorrow at some point, but Racetech brings us Michael Lindsay. What's up, Emil? Uh, Steve Mathis is out there testing with Factory KYB. We've just got Racetech cooking you up, and you're still going to destroy him. We, we can make uh, some jokes about, uh, you know, I don't think that race tech taking down the factory supported Steve Mathis. You're, you're like the, the Gavin Grasick of, of your era taking down the factory supported Mathis. I like that, but you just broke news. That news hasn't been released yet. Steve's going to be very angry at you. Well, I already, I already did the, the cult thing this week. So let's just continue that. We're going to ask about that news. Yeah. We're going to ask about that too, but, uh, yeah, we're ready to go. Um, but I want to get into super motocross. You were at the LA Memorial Coliseum today, Give us what you learned, man. I mean, we put the press press release together, but you were there. What you? What are the big high points? Um, I think the high points were, of course, the they didn't fully break down the individual purses per round yet, but they they they're getting closer. Idea that'll come out soon, but it's the five point five million dollars spread across three races, the championship. I think the really unique things that got brought up today that maybe either cleared it up or put a lot of just excitement behind it is the format um the fact that okay three races you come in you got to be top 20 in points from 450 or 250 to race it however 
21st or 30th combined points can still show up and race in LCQ. So, you know, some of your privateer heroes in the 450 class, you're like your A-Ray, your Clayson's, guys like that. They, they can still show up and have a shot at getting these nights. Um, the purses are going to be way higher per night, but then they're, they're really putting it where like somebody with a clutch performance can still win this thing. So it's three races. The first race pays standard points. So like a win is 26 points. The second round pays double points. So a win is... Uh, was that 52 yes. and then the final yep. round pays triple points. So 78. if you get through the first two decent, you could come into the third round eighth in points and you could win the ninth to win the whole thing. Right. Like, um, so very, very clutch, like kind of joking, like I interviewed, uh, a web about that. I, we kind of joked about him being a clutch guy and he, he loved it, thrived <laughs> on that, that comment. Cause he was just like, yeah, I could do that. Yeah. So, um, it, it's, you know, our, their pitches, Hey, it's, you know, we kind of talked about it. one thing I really appreciate is um, I'm not a big playoff person in motorsports. I'm definitely somebody that kind of I, I understand some of the excitement behind it, but in NASCAR, I'm not the biggest fan of it. Um, I love the fact that our, our traditional championships are left untouched, like Supercross and Motocross are left untouched. Yeah, we lose one outdoor race, but not a big, not that big of a deal in, in the grand scheme of things. So, like those titles are very much still have their history. The stats are still going to be pretty similar. It doesn't affect those. We get this nice playoff with huge money, very clutch performances, our version of the Super Bowl, the Stanley Cup, you know, all that. Um, and the fact that just anything could kind of happen going into the third night. It, it's very much a little bit showman feeling like from there. It's definitely it's racing, but also kind of a show. And um, I think the combination of the format, the way you qualify, the chance you have going to the final round, the money behind it, the the public million dollars to win it. Um and it pays down through 20th for the championship. Like, uh, yeah, I think it's it's super good for the sport. Um, a lot of the riders there, you know, Webb, Craig, Anderson, they all kind of joke the same thing. Like, uh, I'm still kind of figuring out the format. Like, I'm still trying to do the math in my head. But they're all like, yeah, this sounds really freaking cool. Okay, so touching on that, they all said that on the press conference, I kind of felt like Jason Anderson wasn't being completely honest. He made the comment, yeah, what else do we have to do on our weekends off other than race? Like, I don't know that I believe him. So I asked him that, and he, he you know, he's kind of like, he admitted, he goes, you know, when you're traveling every week, weekend, and week out, you get sick of the airports. But he goes, dude, I sit at home for one weekend off, and I'm bored out of my mind. I want to go race the next weekend. So okay. he, he was definitely, you know, I, I think, and I got to, you know, Jason's in a very different place in his life. Like, he, he seems to enjoy it more than ever um himself personally but you know yeah i think he was kind of a guy like hey there's good money on the table like it's fun racing like i'm excited to go do it um there wasn't as many guys bummed as i thought there would be you know yeah it's one extra race over when we used to have a monster cup on the schedule i think more of the complaints i've heard and, and understandably they have their point like mechanics and team staff are like crap another race there's enough money in it for the riders it's i think pretty exciting like you know, a lot of guys talk about the burnout aspect and how we need less races, which I, I also do agree with in mm -hmm. a certain, to a certain extent. But as soon as this comes up, a world supercross, when the money gets waved around, it's like, hey, if it's <laughs> if the risk versus reward is more worth it, you know, they'll they'll race more. Sure. Um, it's just if it's more worth it. Like I just don't think guys want to grind. You know, a lot of talk about it, it, it seems more exciting because so many of those guys have a chance at it where you know, even somebody who's been a title contender like Jason commented on it, like, yeah, you get to the end of the outdoors supercross when you're just 
e- there's not a lot of motivation to go race on the weekend because you're so, you know, you're kind of set in stone on where you are in the championship where, um, yeah, like I said, it, it's repeating it. But, hey, as long as you get through the first two, okay, you could show up to the final round eighth and you still have a shot to win the thing, win the big purse that night, win the, win the money, and a little bit bigger touch than a Monster Cup is there is a, a world championship title behind it. Yeah, yeah. That's going to go in the record book. So it's it's a little cooler than winning the million dollars at Monster Cup. Yeah, there's some extra motivation for sure. The schedule, that you know, going so late into the year this year, I've heard, and I don't know if they've confirmed that or not, but going into 24, it will wrap up a little earlier. I, I kind of heard part of that. I don't know. Cause yeah, this year there was, I think I just glanced at it. It looks like there was an extra break in the supercross schedule. I wasn't used to mm-hmm. seeing. Um, I, I, I didn't quite get my understanding on that too. Well, I, I honestly missed part of that because okay. I know there was some talks where like even the MXGP like in front was kind of excited that it runs later. Cause they struggled to get their schedule wrapped up that early. And it sounds like they actually want to push destinations later in the year. Um, I'd be curious where it goes the following year. I, I don't know if I'd see it massively different. Maybe they figure out a way next year to end it one or two weeks earlier. Um, yeah, it's going to go a little late next year, but I don't think it'll be a drastic change. A lot of guys we're talking about, though, is it might affect. It's going to be kind of weird because guys that are in the middle of contracts. That's what I was about to ask. Yeah. Showed up. It's like, oh, technically, that one or two of these races are happening after you're out of contract. So teams will kind of have to figure out how to retroactively okay. get through that for next year. But I think contracts will reflect that in in the future if it gotcha. continues to run into into October. Um, I think it'd be tough for them to get it done after ah, something in September. Yeah, they could get it done by the end of September. It would just be, it would definitely be a crunch. Yeah, it'd be tightened up. That, that's what I was assuming that it would be done before October one. And but- I think it'll be interesting after the first year. Um, I know when I was originally told about all this um, earlier in the year, there was a very high chance of four playoff rounds, both both MX Sports and Feld were each going to drop a race. I think the po- possibility of a, a four playoff race championship is still definitely in the cards for 2024. And if that happens, it will be, it will be Feld that drops a race next okay. time. All right. Um, Cause my understanding is, you know, the OEMs are super into this. But they've also kind of all agreed with Feld, like we can't go more than thirty-one races a year. That's that's sure. right. one more than we used to do, and that's <laughs> kind of where I think the line has sort of been drawn in the sand. Um, I don't think a lot of people are willing to go past that. So if the playoffs are to ever grow, I think you know you'll consider another. You know, regular season races will have to be dropped. But yeah. at the same time, all both entities, you know, MX Sports and Feld, were like, hey, we want to keep the integrity of our main series. We want to keep the playoffs short, sweet, and exciting. So I also don't know if the playoff gets much bigger. I think it would be counterproductive if it got to six, seven, eight rounds. I I, I would personally think four, maybe five tops is where they get. Yeah. Um, maybe even they just leave it at three. But I, I don't see it really getting that much bigger because it's kind of counterproductive to the whole idea of it. Yep, yep. I think you're right. Scotty? Um, yes, this, this may have been something that kind of already been covered, but I just wanted to – I kind of misunderstood if – is so like say a guy like Tomac wins one Supercross, can he he can still do this? Correct. I just wanted to clarify. Some of our listeners well, wanted it, to know. It depends on. So that got brought up. Like this, we'll take two case scenarios here. Say you're Tomac. We're gonna go worst case scenario here. Tomac comes out at a one wins next round, blows his knee out, misses all of Supercross, pretty much misses all of outdoors. He will still be allowed to race Super Motocross because he has a win. 
However, he is not in the seeded 20. So your top 20 and 450 points are seeded into the three playoffs. There is a 21st and a 22nd gate pick for each playoff race. 30th, or sorry, 21st to 30th in combined points will race an LCQ at every playoff race for those last two gate choices. And anyone that has won a race in season that somehow didn't finish the top 20 in points can race themselves in through the LCQ. So that's one scenario. The second is, oh, does Eli just win the Supercross? Like, does he race all of Supercross next year, win the championship, but not race outdoors? Yes, he would still probably qualify because they did the math this year. If if Eli only raced Supercross, um, he would have finished eighth overall in combined points. So he still would have qualified for Supermotocross. Yep. Um, and so there is a small portion that promotes you to race all season because – it's not a complete hard points reset. So it, it is, but it isn't. So when you enter Super Motocross, everybody's points are reset to zero, but then you're given bonus points based on your regular season combined score. So wow. say you're say next year, Chase, let's take an example, say Chase Sexton has the most combined points between both series coming into Super Motocross. They would give him the equivalent of winning a Supercross race. He would start the season with 26 points. Let's say Jason Anderson is your second combined. He would enter with 23 points. Let's say Eli only races Supercross and has eight combined points. He would enter Super Motocross with like 13 points or something or 12 points or something like that. Um, So not massive differences considering how much the points scale up at each race, but it kind of promotes definitely some guys to race a little more in the season. Uh, Maybe even, you know, I talked to Webb about it and it's like, oh, well, Webb said, you know, if he had an amazing Supercross season, but racing a couple outdoors would help him start a position or two better. Maybe he does that. Okay. How is the Coliseum? How is it for parking? Some of the rigs are out there. What do you think it's going to be like for an actual race? I I don't know. It's going to be weird. Um, The rigs, they kind of had them parked on the the wraparound road. They didn't even have their awnings out or anything. It's going to be tough. It's a lot of there's some parking structures. There's, it's, it's, I mean, it fills up good during the college games, but you know, you have more people using public transportation. I will say if you go to that final round, definitely put some thought into it. Parking might be kind of a, yeah. kind of a, if it, if it fills up, if it goes to capacity, like if it gets near capacity, um, they're going to do the Paris style, which is cool. It was funny. as like, I watched, I wandered over with a couple of riders when we went over to look at how you would get in and out of the stadium with Paris styles. And the first thing a lot of them said, they're like, Dude, the gap between the pillars is way smaller than I realized. Because mm-hmm. remember, there's that video. I think it's Larry Brooks clips going in the one year, like clips the peristyle yeah. bars and oh, yeah. rods on his way in because you kind of split around them. Um, so I think that that caught a few of the riders off. Uh, you know, it's gonna they, be interesting. Didn't realize how narrow those gaps actually are. Four fifties are gonna jump from the top all the way to the bottom. <laughs> Oops. And then the other thing is like, it, it's kind of well known at this point inside the industry, like your, your two rounds that didn't get announced for, um, super motocross today. Um, they should be announced within the next month. They think it's very likely, um, that one of them, I say, but from everything I've heard, one of the rounds is supposedly going to be Coda certainly. Um, I think the other round might be like a Charlotte motor or something like that. They're, um, they're, they're working on some different venue ideas. They also want those tracks to be very different. You know, the one at the LA Coliseum would be very Monster Cup-esque, like a, a tamed-down Supercross track without major whoops and a little bit longer. I think 
in a, in a Coda or Charlotte scenario, they would want to switch it up a little bit, maybe try to make more of a man-made outdoor track or something yeah. of, of that situation. They don't want these three super motocross races that feel exactly the same. What happened to Kansas City? Do you know? Oh, on the normal Supercross yeah. schedule? Um, I just heard it fell apart like because uh, it was supposed to be on the Monster Jam schedule, and then it came out of St. Louis. I just heard the round something fell apart with putting it together last minute. Because uh, if you see Denver, so both the Texases ended up being East Coast, which are, the original schedule I had had Arlington as a West. Right. So both the both the Texas are East. Denver's back on the schedule, which wasn't I heard was going to be off this year because yep. Phoenix got pushed so late because the Phoenix Stadium has the Super Bowl this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of look at the schedule again. There's one other round that got thrown way off in uh, there. Um, I got I got it right here. So I got Anaheim, Oakland, San Diego, Anaheim, Houston, Tampa, Arlington, Daytona, Indy. Detroit, Seattle, that's a late one. Oh, that usually is, I guess. Glendale. Yeah, so Minneapolis was always going to be off. I think it was something like Detroit was also supposed to be off. I think uh, okay. maybe Detroit was supposed to be off, and maybe that's where Kansas City was going to be in the maybe, schedule. Yeah, because it was I'm in- kind of glad it wasn't because they were talking about Kansas City. They were talking about maybe like how St. Louis was the one year. They were talking about maybe making it a West round. I will say the final schedule definitely looks better for East to West split because the first version I saw the schedule, the East to West split was much more erratic, mm-hmm. um, including yep. – they were trying to do the East West, the first East West shootout way earlier in the schedule. The mock one I got from a month ago or more had it as the Tampa round. Like right. the second yeah. East Coast race was supposed to be a shootout. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, definitely normal. I think a really cool one for San Diego is that we're going to Snapdragon instead of Petco. Petco is a nice stadium, but it's a crap hole around it. <laughs> the pits are a pain in the ass. Sure. It's so far to get back and forth from it. We've had such a bad problem with the homeless around it, like antagonizing people and issues. Snapdragon is going to be a smaller stadium, but I think they'll fill it better. It's it's up where – it's basically on the old you know um, grounds of uh, uh, Qualcomm. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm kind of excited we're going to Snapdragon. Like I said, it's a smaller venue. But um, I just think the issues we've, the issues that people have faced, like don't like about Petco, um, I think it'll be good. Super bummed we're going back to Oakland. I'm so <laughs> over getting shit stolen in Oakland. Yeah, oh we had god, so I'm many there people for that one. I might stay. Year. I've been held up by a dude on the Bart with a knife to take my backpack at that round. I'm holy over shit. It. I may, uh, I'm, I'm going to be out there for that round, but I still may just stay at your parents' house and just, yeah, I'll watch it on TV. <laughs> We're, we're, we're going to do rock, paper, so we're just going to send, you know, our Euro that's coming. We're just oh, going to yeah. send him. The new guy, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the new guy. The new guy we, that we haven't announced yet, but the new yes. guy can go. Okay, deal. Uh, I don't right. want to go to one. Yeah, I don't either, to be honest. Uh, before I let you go, Scotty over here wants we were just he was just talking about how I eat all the time. He wants to hear the hangry story from Saturday. Oh, yeah. I want to hear your, yeah. your viewpoint. I've have I've had to deal with Hangry Jamie before. I just want to know how it went for yourself. Oh, when you were walking around the pest press tent, uh, complaining Moping. about how rough your life was when we were all I'm working so our hungry. asses off. Oh, yeah. the best one is he goes over. You know, me and Dylan are editing stuff. There's only a few of us in there, late night doing photo and video work, and he's just wandering table to table, talking about how hungry he is, <laughs> and how bummed he is, and how hard his life is. My favorite one is he goes over and starts bugging Mike Emery. Emery had just shot eight days straight at this Honda Talon thing, and I don't know where. Hasn't been home to see his kid, family, anything, working 
20 hours a day at this at this Honda shoot for seven, eight days, flies overnight to shoot Cameron McAdoo's wedding, and then red eyes straight into Redbud shows up at the track right for the qualifier shoot. He's in there grinding. Dude has slept maybe like 10 hours in the last seven days, and Jamie's over there telling him how hangry he is and, and how tired. rough his life is. <laughs> and tired. <laughs> like, dude, I don't want to hear it. Yeah. <laughs> Emery's a good sport about it. Like, yeah. I, I just saw it later. We tell him, like, you picked, like, probably the guy who's had the roughest week possible and you're talking about how rough your life is. Like in retrospect, <laughs> yeah. I was not hungry. Had He's over there. How do they not have an in and out here? Like, oh my god. <laughs> they know, they know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, it was rough. Whew. All right. Yeah, I'll just let you tell it because I wouldn't tell probably the full truth. Hanger, I know hanger, my Jamie. Truth. But as soon as we learn, as soon as you're fed, you go back to just being a perfect gentleman. Yeah. I, I'm just You're I'm, the nicest guy when you're fed. I'm hungry every day. Like six wine. times a day. It's ridiculous. I'm hungry right now. We gotta wrap this show yeah, up. He's like, trying I mean, to get you off so you can go eat. Yeah. I noticed he's trying to kick me off quicker yeah. than I thought. Jesus. No, no. Just uh just hungry, Michael. I mean, I don't do well when I'm hungry, damn it. Uh, well at least your internet works. Yeah, for now. I actually my neighbor just texted me. I got to call him when we get off because he's got another internet provider coming out in the morning that's supposedly faster and cheaper, which is how I like my women. So we're gonna we're gonna try to get. I may try to fix that, but yeah, right now, dude, I don't know. It was six hundred megabytes per minute a minute or per second a it's, second ago. It's gone the whole Ooh. YouTube. So we the YouTube we're good going. right now, but any moment it could go to point seven. Yeah. So where where are we at? We got any chatter on that? Where are we at with this with this vet national race? Like Ooh. our. There's How are we been, feeling? I'm feeling good. There's been a lot of ch- uh, chatter. Obviously, we talked earlier today that Travis Preston made a post. Uh, Steve has his mind-blowing announcement that you sort of just teased. Or, I missed or, it. Or was he, I was on the chat. Michael, just blow Michael, it out. Work, Michael, works no, KYB. He's out oh. there putting in the t- – he's, he's not about saying putting shit. effort in. He's out there testing late, probably at Glen Helen at 4.30 in the afternoon. Who knows? I uh, doubt it. He's tri- he's planning his trip to Cancun. So I will play a little devil's advocate. Okay. So the move is that you're – the deal is that you're moving up to ride B-class for yes. this. Okay. Yes. He, he's got his results, and he's talking about his starts. That was still a C-class race that he was doing but that in. Texas C-class should be B-class. Not as one. Bullshit. But Those not, guys you're, are you're flying. Compared to California, though, it's the same. Like, yeah, I know. It's the same complaint here. Yeah. What, if you're Texas, Florida, or like California happens like that. I remember being like a mid-pack B-class kid here, and I went up to like a fair race in freaking Utah, and like there were only two there were, there were kids that were racing Supercross Utah. Like it's it, it, whether you're Texas, California, Florida, it's all the same thing. Yeah, but so his, his you're, point you're is the same thing here. You're C class, it should be a B class. It's the same problem here. That's why I feel like his point though is kind of moot. I mean, the guys, I, I'm really the only person I'm worried about is Steve. I don't care about anybody else. <laughs> if we finish last or, and next to last, as long as I'm next to last, I'm good. So that, you know, I, I just feel like the move. I, I think we should hit up Star. See if you can get that factory two fifty just to put it to Steve. Yeah, it'd, it'd be great. I, I texted Jensen uh, earlier today. We're, what, we're we're working on something. What, do, Michael? What do you think the percentages of one of them just jackknifing the other one it happens? Um, I just think it depends. Uh, how many moto format is that nationals? Is three. it one a day or two oh, days? Three. Well, I think it depends on where you are in the schedule. I think some guys are going to have two on Saturday and one on Sunday, and vice versa. I literally texted Steve last week. I said, what class are we signing up for? Because I want to go ahead and get my my payment in. 
is I don't know. I have to see the schedule first because I don't want to race twice on Sunday. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. So I don't even know what class I'm racing. You might you might win by default just because you won't even sign up. Right. Right. But I didn't want to pay and then have to change. So I'm waiting, I guess. So I, I feel like on the, the jackknife thing, I think if it comes down to final moto, it, it's going to go one of two ways. Either somebody's going to see blood red <laughs> because of them getting beat. I, and I can't say which one of you be. I could see it both. I mean, if you're hangry, Jamie, it might be you. I mean, <laughs> Steve might just lose control. It's either one of you is going to do it very much on purpose or, or I could see you two running into each other completely just because one of you just loses absolute control. Um, yeah, whiskey. And with oh, arm pumping, yeah, just whiskeys into yeah. the other for no, no actual like meaning to do it. It yeah. just might happen. I'm yeah. coming out of the gate. Like I will be lining up next to Steve if at all possible. Yeah. And I'm coming out of the gate and making a hard left. It's, yeah, yes. it's emotions plus arm pump. Can anything is possible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's going to be, it's going to be fun. I got the, like I said, I got the suspension back from PDR Performance Race Tech today. So hopefully I'm going to get to ride this week and test, you know, getting ready, prepping, and uh, we're going to be ready, Michael. The Vital MX team is ready to go. We're going to have, we're going to have some little secret things coming to some surprises. Oh <laughs> Speak for yourself. I still have to sign up and actually do something with my life. <laughs> yeah. You're not just going to come out and support, huh? You're going to actually ride? No, I'm going to race. Because if I yeah. don't race between you and Kiefer, probably a little bit TV, like I will not hear the end of it. Even though I'll do miserably bad, I think I'd rather take the shame of doing really bad than the shame of just getting endless peer pressure. I like it. We're going to have a good time, man. I can't wait. Steve wants me to drive out because he wants me to bring my, my uh, 125. My white, he bought my 80, or my 90 YZ125 that's still in a box because it's in parts. Is he going to give you a delivery fee on top of that? Yeah, he, he paid me a fair amount for it. So he's like, hey, just are you driving out for vets? And I was like, no, I'm flying for that one. He's like, that's bullshit. So I don't tell you, it costs too much to drive out there. How for, are you getting your bike there? I'm not racing my bike, oh. racing another bike. He's, he's factory. He factory. gets to fly oh, he's just, in with his suspension. Yeah, I'm going to put on another bike. Yeah. You know. Pri- put, like Chad Reed programs, they're they're private jet another in Husky there 350, just, but I am working on something special. Working on something big? Yeah. Something like Steve said, his secret's going to blow my mind. What I got coming, what he <laughs> he's going to lose his mind. Oh, I can't the whole wait. Industry, I, this, look, the whole industry, look, Spot TV on Twitter said, we need to come out and film this. Oh, it's going to, oh, it needs to And be. then they were like, I thought they were joking, but then they started making some comments like they actually might try to do yeah. it. So I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to find an a Instagram it's live be the most or something. underwhelming thing of all time is my megapixels like better they somebody make like a really really good photoshop of like uh, a boxing like title card match of the two of you like the gloves up like yeah. facing looking the, the the stare down kind of photo i feel like we need one of those going that'd be good it's probably gonna be though like one of the old tyson fights one way or the other where one of us is out in the first five seconds and <laughs> it's just over <laughs> I'll say what happened. So how'd the race go? Well, right off the start. <laughs> yeah. One of us loops out or something and it's just over from the, uh, it's going to be good. I don't care. I can't wait. I'm excited, but, uh, yeah, man, that's uh, a lot of good stuff. Michael, how have I been doing at vital? You want to give me a grade? Um, uh, we'll save that to the end of the, the, uh, report card period. Okay. <laughs> Midterms aren't looking so good. You need to really pull it through in the final. It would have done done a little better day if you actually had working internet. (laughs) Hey, it's not bad for not having good internet. It's not great I was stressed. Holy shit. (laughs) I was just like, nothing's working. 
right. I'd be out there using my phone as a hotspot in the rain. That's my level of commitment. Oh, all right. I, yeah, Michael, I came in the day. I was like, hey, man, how's it going? He's like, I'm pissed. <laughs> I'm hungry yeah. and the internet didn't work. <laughs> hungry, he's pissed. Yeah. yeah. I'll be good here in a few minutes. I'm about to get some food, and I'll be good. Uh, all right, Michael. you guys cover anything else fun tonight? Uh, just talking to a lot of a lot of MXO in to talk with with Cameron and Christina. That was fun. Just, you know, just kind of talking about their careers and Christina finally getting to be a part of a winning team. And yeah, just some fun stuff. She deserved it. For yeah. all the work she like, you know, her, um, Paul, Petit, those guys put in a lot, but Christina put a lot into that race. I was, I was super stoked. Um, Me I mean, you were there to like the celebration stuff. Like I, I felt like everybody gave, you know, her the credit that she, she deserved for the work she put in. Like they definitely wanted to, she was a big part of the celebration at the yep. end. And, uh, you know, she deserved it. Um, I'm always bummed, like, in a sense, you know, the even though the Rock River team's kind of around, it's not it's not the same as, like, when she used to run it. Um, she does a really, really good job. She does. And she talked about how much she learned from 18 and moving on. So, you know, and, and kind of figuring out what they did wrong and then continuing. She says she's already got a list of things they need to do for next year. So I think we're good for Ernay. Yeah, and uh, you know, we joked about the race. Not that it wasn't letting it sink in, but I'm I'm already so much more excited for Renee. Um, I think you know the U.S. rider group, regardless of who we send next year. I know Chase wants to be team captain real bad now, but you know, I think the guys are motivated to go win on foreign soil. I think we have a much better cohesive feel to our our effort than we've had before. Kind of like you know some guys may might say it doesn't make a difference or whatever, but like how you look at like France, how gnarly of a job France does with their group, just like team bonding, preparing guys, scouting them all working together. Like felt like that was the first time in a long time we had a U.S. set up like that. And Agreed. I think, you know, it was a little easier to get everybody behind on home soil this year because the chances were high, but you know, since I was successful, I think everybody will double down going into Erne and, uh, It'll be it'll be really fun to watch next year. Yeah, I can't wait. I'm excited with for what the next year is going to bring. So, long as you don't fire me, I'm good to go. Yeah, period. The sport's going to just be the the next year is crazy. Like it's the most change we've we've seen in a long time, um, and there's still more coming. You know, the it sucks that it's not going to happen for this next year, but even the year out the year out, we should have a combined MXGP Outdoor National. Um, in 2024, uh, I think that's going to be. I, I'm also very much looking forward to that because it's a little bit different destinations. It's everybody in the middle of their championships battling for points. Guys kind of have to send it. Yeah, um, that's going to be really fun um, to see how that ends up shaping up. I think, you know, I know that that Davy Coombs and David Long want to try to make it work for this year, but with us entering a new TV contract and Supermore Crusher was a lot in flux. So it sounds like the plan right now is to try to make it happen for 2024. Fantastic. I like that. Yeah. Cool. Um, probably I- mid to later in our season, but should be that that'll be an all time event in my opinion to go to. Definitely. A lot of good things coming. And Michael, I appreciate you jumping on with us for a little bit. You've uh, had a busy few days with travel and going to the press conference and you're probably ready to relax a little bit. If you ever get to. Nah, I just spent two and a half hours singing traffic and back from the damn Coliseum. So now I have more work to do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this, shit never, this shit never ends. Never man. ends. Well, thanks for jumping on with us for a little bit. And I'm sure I'll talk to you in a little bit. <laughs> cool. You guys have a good one. Thanks right. for having me on. You too, ML. Thanks, man. Later. See you, bud. Michael Lindsay didn't want to give me a grade because I'm killing it. 
So one of the guests said, what, what can Darkside do for extra credit? And I said, get better internet. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, I'm going to work on that. I got my neighbor wait. I, I got to call him here in just a minute. So let's wrap this thing up. I want to thank all our guests, Camera Camera, Christina Denny, Julian Perrier, Michael Lindsay, and of course, all of our sponsors, the Cherubies USA, Race Tech, Fly Racing, X-Brand Goggles, Works Connection, Torque One Racing, Our Jerky, Firm Lords Graphics and Jersey ID, Shock Socks, Williams Motor Works, Extreme Colors, Blood Lubricants, Power Band Racing, True Fusion Sports, and Grill Your Ass Off. And guys, don't forget, you can still go to patreon.com, support the show, sign up, and do five bucks a month, help us out. It pays for the internet, pays for, <laughs> pays for a lot of other stuff that we need, and we do travel, uh, shipping for the, the giveaways, etc. But uh, Scotty, appreciate you being in studio. Finally made it. The show made it. It looks like uh, on YouTube, so I'm appreciative of that. That's 246, and we're out of here. See you.